2: Hello, everybody. It's Wednesday, January 15th, 2014, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast, and I am in the house with Mr. Bob Reyer. What happened to Steve? Steve is not here. <laughs> we got Ms. Stephanie Cook. Hello. And Mr. Joey Braccino. Hello. Joey, thank you so much for uh, hopping on here with us. No problem. Um, we, uh, we're doing a little bit different kind of show uh, this week. We figured since Steve wasn't here, we'd change it up a little bit. We'd... Uh, uh, there's a couple, well, my plan was to have uh, the, the three uh, contributors to Tongue Comics who've never been on the show on the show, um, and, and two of them could not do it. So we... <laughs> um, fired. Uh, no, fired. Fired. Uh, yeah, so we <laughs> slotted Joey in. Uh, Michael Duke, who is one of the three, who is a writer for our site, who has never been on the show, will be joining us in the second half of the show for um, the news section. We kind of, I, I kind of want to do it this way because... Uh initially when I thought there was gonna be more than four of us, maybe five, maybe six of us, there's so much news this week and our show is so long anyway that if we had six <laughs> people doing books of the week and the news, the show would never ever end. Um we'll get right into next week's. Exactly. He yeah. just roll right over into next week's show. So uh we split it up. So Joey's gonna be joining us for the first half of the show here, um talking about books of the week and uh he will be leaving after the, the first half of the show. Um and Stephanie may be leaving us as well. We're not we're not we're not sure yet. So it could be a big shake up by the second half <laughs> of the show.
1: Big shakeup.
2: Um, and it's a little gonna while happen. <laughs> we're gonna have a little bit of a news break-in uh by uh Brian Verderosa to to talk about the the uh, big ant man uh casting that happened this week. Uh Brian has just started um the first episode of his show, Talking Movies, which is kind of like a sister podcast uh for us. Brian's an original member of Talking Comics, he uh did family remix with with Bob and I and that first episode is now up. You can go to actually Com, and the, the oh. site, it, it's up there um, and you can check it out. Um, they have a pretty cool format. They're, um, they do do like a box office report. They do a little bit where they just talk quickly about uh, the things they've been watching or reading or what have you. And then they're doing this thing where they're kind of theming each week. They're like at the end of this month, there's a Josh Brolin movie coming out. So they're watching Josh Brolin movies leading up to it and, and talking about them. Um, so it's cool. They have a good. They have a good uh, rapport together, and uh, it's it's a it's a fun show. And hopefully, uh, give them their feedback as well. I mean, they they want it, and you can follow them at Movies Talking uh, on Twitter. because mm. Talking Movies mm-hmm. was taken. I feel
3: like as a part of the Josh Brolin thing that you just watch that watch that SNL skit with Josh Brolin where they it's the Californians. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, it's the best. <laughs> it's like he's just a guest on, it and he's not in it for very long. But it's the best because Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig just basically break like every 5 seconds <laughs> they are on the screen and it's it's awesome
2: That's pretty we awesome. Let's talk about it. Bill Hader is and pretty talking great talking movies. Uh yeah, so uh and so he'll be on tonight for just a couple probably about 10 minutes or so. Um and uh you can probably expect to see some crossovers in the future as well uh, as we go along mm-hmm. here, but Alternate covers? Alternate covers exactly, <laughs> uh, uh, oh. talking movies now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, point <laughs> as long one. As they're not point Goddamn one.
3: Goddamn events. Point now. <laughs>
2: Um <laughs> it'll be talking movies dot uh talking comics. <laughs> so it'll be a crossover, so we'll invade all that, that side of the, their site. No, but yeah, so uh check it out. Brian's a great guy and, and he he's good at what he does, so definitely check that out. And you'll hear him a, a little bit later. He's been on the show before though, of course. Uh Joey, how you been, man? I've been good. Uh got back to
4: school, went to break ended a couple of weeks ago and jumped right into the spring musical. We're doing footloose, which is oh. the greatest.
3: Yes it is. <laughs>
4: So uh, we just started that up, started rehearsals this week. It's very exciting.
2: you Are you going to cut loose,
4: Joey? Oh, I, I cut loose every day. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't think the kids are used to their teacher slash director cutting loose, but I'm up there more often than them, which might be a problem, but yeah. we'll see.
2: Nice. Uh, how was your break? It was good. Uneventful.
4: Caught some movies and uh, kind of read comics and just chilled out. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
2: Um how was your uh your uh your holiday my holiday well now we're going back yeah <laughs> um it was fun it was it was an interesting
4: it was an interesting year because on the uh, christmas day my family decided to to go on vacation in australia that is and interesting I, I dropped them off at the airport and i was like bye have a good
3: Christmas. The way to do it, avoid uh, everyone. I, well, yeah,
4: except they left me behind. So uh, come alone. <laughs> so, but it was okay. I uh, I had Christmas with my girlfriend's family, so that was nice.
2: Nice, very, yeah. very nice. Um, so Stephanie, you went to Image Expo. I did, and we're going to get into kind of like the particulars and the announcements in, in the news section. But just in case, you have to vamos before we get to that point. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us about your overall experience being there, not so much about um, the actual announcements that happened?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, again, I I never assume that you guys have all listened before, but if you don't know, I work with Bill Willingham, so um, he was a secret guest at the show. Um, He's doing a new book with them, so as such, he was on his way to the convention, and I tagged along. Um, I was... I had to keep it a secret Mm -hmm. as well, apparently, because apparently I can't go to conventions by myself. (laughs) Apparently that's not a thing that happens. I mean, (laughs) what? Um, And, you know, so, like, I got there, and there was, like, these mixers and all these things, and because they want to get the guests to know each other, but there was all these other secret guests, too. And, you know, like, Ed Brubaker was there, and then, like, Jamie McKelvey and Kieran Gillen, and um, who else? James Robinson was there, and... I'm trying to think of a secret guest, Scott Snyder. Mm -hmm. And he was like the, he was so awesome. Like I, it's, he remembers everyone. He's like, stop and comes and gives me a big hug. And I'm like, Oh, we're hugging friends. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they had all these other guests too. You probably heard from all of the announcements or the like 15 press releases they sent. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I got to go to these mixers and, um, just hang out with people and Bill was doing his own thing. So I was kind of left to fend for myself and I wound up like, I, I, I knew a couple of people, but they were in like these intimidatingly large conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the first night I just saw like Chris Burnham and I'd spoken to him before and I just like ran over to his conversation. He was talking to one other person, it turned out to be Nick Dragota, but it, who uh, does the art for East of West, but he didn't tell me his last name because nobody's like, hi. I'm Nick Dragoda, artist on <laughs> East of West. You know, it's like, hi, I'm Nick.
5: Yeah. Like yeah they all come with stuff. captions yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. And so, you know, like, I don't even know how I got into it, but I started up talking about how Canada has bags of milk instead of, like, cartons. Sure. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I managed to hijack this conversation and talk about milk. And, like, but, like, it just kept going and then I was like Googling pictures and <laughs> it was just nonstop. It was horrifying. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know. And they were both very nice. Like the next day I apologized. I wasn't even drinking. Although they had a beer called Tricera Hops. Oh you have to <laughs> you
5: had to try that. No. <laughs>
3: I didn't. I want some. I, was, yeah. I hadn't eaten for like 17 hours, so I felt like yeah. drinking it was probably... <laughs> even though it sounded great, it was probably not for the best.
5: No. One not. would assume it's triple hoppy. <laughs> yeah. So I,
3: I would expect so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I gotta but find that. Anything <laughs> yeah. with dinosaurs, guys. Sold.
5: That's my favorite dinosaur, too.
3: <laughs> yeah, right? Huh. They're just so... They're cute and, and cuddly, despite <laughs> being as big as rhinos. <laughs> um, so, I don't know, like... I was sober and talking about bags of milk and the next day I apologized and they're like, no, that was like fascinating. I'm like, oh, you guys are so nice (laughs) (laughs) for pretending to enjoy this conversation. (laughs) Um, But um, like, again, you have to kind of remember that like, I don't really get to experience like the shows like anyone, like I, a lot of the time I don't get to sit in on all the panels and all this stuff, but image expo isn't a convention. It's an expo. So, you know, there's like one place for all the panels. There's one place for all the signings. And I got to actually see, everything that the show offered and um, I got to like hang out in the back room for a little bit and hear a bit about like the, um, the books were coming out and chat with people and it was just so cool to see them like practice their pitches for the books on stage and um, just like all kinds of really cool stuff kind of behind the scenes. Um, I, I It was just overwhelmingly cool and mm-hmm. you know the day i i only got to see the keynote presentation and she says only just yeah um the panels were incredible but i mean i was there for the hour and a half presentation i have um a full blog up on the website if you want to read that more in-depth ish
2: yeah absolutely um, and we're going to cover all the announcements later on in the show they it took over the internet for yeah, an hour and a
3: half it was everywhere mm-hmm. It was so incredible to be there. I swear to God. Like, I said this in the post, too. Eric Stevenson would talk about how, like, you know, what the big two do to try and retain their readership and all this stuff. And, like, it's everything that I've been complaining about for, like, the last however long. And I swear to God, I just wanted to stand up and be like, yeah, yeah! Like, I wanted to, like, cheer and, like, jump on my seat. Mm-hmm. And,
5: well, I love what he had to say in there. So much of what I talk about, about the old days of comics, the mm-hmm. 50s and 60s, where... You know, once Marvel and, and DC really went superhero crazy, you lost horror, science fiction, Western, romance. Mm-hmm. And Image is going to be the company that says, no, they're all viable. We'll put them out there and come yeah. to us for all this stuff, yeah. which is just beautiful. Right. Yeah. Oh, my
3: God. My favorite thing ever was, like, Chris Burnham on stage talking about his book. And he's, like, saying that he wanted to do a horror book with Grant Morrison that you know, some kid would be like, I'm going to read this. My mom said I shouldn't, but I'm going to, and it's going to ruin his childhood. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, That's the best pitch for a story ever. I want to make a horror book that's going to ruin this kid's childhood. <laughs> like, sold. Um, but, you know, the whole show was amazing. And they had this brilliant after party at the Cartoon Art Museum um, in San Francisco, which was home to a comic art gallery that had, like, original Sandman art and stuff. I swear to God, like I got there early and as people started trickling in and like, you know, inevitably leaning against the walls and stuff, I just wanted to shove people out of the way and be like, I'm looking, move. (laughs) Uh, And it was so, it was, it was one of those really cool conventions and parties where all the creators are there and all the people who paid for a ticket were invited and they had, you know, one of those unprecedented moments where they could interact with these creators just on a. You know, hey, what's up? Kind of basis, just friendly um, and not intimidating. And I was wandering around the show because Bill got cornered by this crazy girl. Yeah,
5: the Deadpool lawyer?
3: No, cheerleader? No, not her. Oh, okay. this was this was someone else okay. who I don't know, but she told me her life story. Her name's Jordan, like the river, not like Michael Jordan.
1: They are different. Well, yeah,
3: what? She, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was this and the beer she was holding was for Robert Kirkman. Kirkman who writes The Walking Dead. The Walking <laughs> Dead writing guy. The guy who I was like that Bill's not Kirkman. She's like, I know. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways. That's... So I was like wandering around. <laughs> Sounds crazy. No, she was like she was nice. She was just really drunk. But mm-hmm. like anyways, I ran into um talking comics listeners. Nice. Um, oh wow. So, uh Jessie, I believe, was her name. She saw me and she's like, Oh, you're Stephanie, right? <laughs> My husband's a big fan of the show. He didn't. He saw you earlier, but didn't say hi. So, do you mind if I introduce you? Aww. And she took me over, and like, um, uh, his name was Michael, and his brother was there too, Jeremy. And we all wound up chatting for like a really long time, and had a really nice conversation. I lunged. That was a the thing. There <laughs> was lunging.
2: Nice. You should. And I told
3: the backstories of lunges. <laughs> um, and Bill came over, and we all chatted and hung out for a little bit, and. It was really nice. Very nice. Yeah. That sounds so, good.
2: spreading Dimitri the gospel
3: was good times.
2: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And we'll hear more about it later. So, um we're going to we're going to add Brian here to talk a little ant man before we can get into books of the week so we can we, we have to interrupt our conversation. Huh? So, this we're going to the call here. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to sound. We're, it's, we're, it's on the fly. Um so let's see when he picks up. His baby's day out Skype picture. He's looking at me right now.
5: Hello. Hello, Hello Brian.
6: Can you hear me? Okay. Uh,
5: yeah, I can hear you great. Yeah, yeah. Outstanding. Hey, Bob. Good evening, and congratulations, boss.
6: On the oh, on, I, on, I was I was like I don't think I have a life event
2: on the show.
3: Yes. Yes, oh. your show. You're <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it new show. Is it to you? <laughs> yeah. no. To Bob. That's no, to Bob. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah to
3: Bob.
2: <laughs> um, so Stephanie is obviously here. Brian and uh, <laughs> contributor site Joey Pacino is also with us on the show right now. Hey, what's up, Joey? How you doing? Good, man. All right, so like I said earlier, Brian has started uh, Talking Movies. He is an original member of Talking Comics, and you can find that show at movies.talkingcombooks.com and follow them on Twitter at Movies Talking. So, uh, Brian, big news today in the world, not today, this week, in the world of uh, Marvel Studios.
6: In the world of all comic books.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the levee's broke. Yes, so uh, do you want to tell us the news?
6: Yeah, um, Marvel announced that uh, Ant-Man, which comes out in July of 2015, will be co-starring Michael Douglas. 69 mm-hmm. um, year old Michael Douglas.
2: As Hank Pym.
6: As Hank Pym, which is, uh, again, we, when we got the, the Redford announcement about the Winter Soldier, we're like, okay, awesome classic actors in this movie. We have no idea who he's playing. Probably the bad guy. Yeah. Um, but, but they came right out and they said he's Hank Pym,
2: mm-hmm.
6: um, which now confirms that uh, Paul Rudd is playing Scott Lang.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I want to read real quick. Uh, this is a slash film. Uh, back when Edgar Wright was doing Scott Pilgrim, uh, he talked about the Ant-Man script and what he wanted to do. Um, and what he said is uh, the idea that we have for the adaptation actually involves both is to have a film that basically is about Henry Pym and Scott Lang. So you actually do a prologue where you see Pym as Ant-Man, Ant-Man in action in the 60s in sort of Tales to Astonish mode. And then the contemporary sort of flash forward is Scott Lang's story. And how he comes to acquire the suit, how he crosses paths with Henry Pym, and then in an interesting sort of Machiavellian way, teams up with him. So it's like interesting thing, like the Marvel premiere one that I read, which is Scott Lang's origin. Um, mm-hmm. it's very brief, like a lot of those origin comics are, and in a way, the details that are skipped through in the panels and the kind of thing we'd spend half an hour on. Um, so, uh, Brian, before we go around to panel, what do you think about this casting?
6: I, I think it's awesome. I think it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that kind of takes you, um, you, you know, when you watch Michael Douglas, you know you're, you know it's Michael Douglas, you know, and I think by doing it now, instead of it being like a, like a late, Handed surprise, it gives us time to adjust to that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, what, what, one thing I think is really funny is that Edgar Wright tweeted, I think it was today, that he's like, I spill everything about Scott Lang and Hank Pym in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> he, and he linked to a superhero hype article that had basically, it was right before Hot Fuzz had come out. Oh, wow. And he's like, yeah, so this is the idea I want to do. <laughs> says everything basically That's really funny. um but no i i, I think uh, the young and old uh idea is really cool the i mean we, we've known since uh faggy had said it was you know kind of a heist movie that there was gonna be some sort of theft involved in, and and Lang stealing the tech makes sense mm-hmm. um but i like not knowing much more than that i mean i i'm i'm sold from from just Wright's name so all, everything now is just gravy
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean bob as uh someone very vested in the history of, of Marvel comics. Uh, this is obviously, uh, you know, it's a departure and it's not a departure. Um, it's doing something that they have never done before, which is to, in the movies anyways, to contextualize a past of the Marvel universe mm-hmm. outside of Captain the America, right? Captain America and, and the Stark family. Uh, what do you think about the decision oh. to do Pym and Scott Lang like this?
5: Well, I think it's brilliant. It mm-hmm. lets everything stay in play. You have Scott and Cassie still. Mm-hmm. You could still tell that whole story. You could still end up with Jan. Mm-hmm. You could tell stories of young Ant-Man Right. Yeah. You could do her in suspended image. You could create all sorts of things. Mm. You, his scientist background, the man in the anthill, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can have some fun with that. The honey, I shrunk the kids sort of thing. I, uh, He's a great actor with lots of gravitas. We, look now, you've got Glenn Close,
2: mm-hmm.
5: Michael Douglas, <laughs> Robert Redford, but Bill Paxton's going to show up on the television show yeah, on now. Shield, yeah. They're starting to really yeah. amp these things up. Mentioning the Stark thing, uh, is he now going to work with Howard? I feel like they're going to be post-war like post-war Howard Stark science bros. Yeah, science yep. bros.
2: Yeah, <laughs> as science yep. bros. Which I think actually, you know, obviously they've said there's no Hank Pym, uh, or you know, it's not going to create Ultron. But I-, I feel at this point now, there's literally some seed there yep. from from Hank. Even if it's not, he creates him. Something he tells. He tells Howard that Howard leaves to Tony that becomes the seed of whatever. As he did
5: with the element that saved him in, too. Exactly.
2: Yep. I feel like there's going to be something there. Um, Stephanie, or, what did t- you think?
5: or Tony's just trying to beat whatever he did. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and that's what happens.
2: Absolutely. Stephanie, what did you think about this announcement?
3: I'm, I mean, I only kind of learned about it just before the show. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Really? <laughs> um, but I think it's cool. I think he's covering, like, he's making the universe interesting and an Edgar Wright I trust.
2: Yeah, Absolutely.
4: Yeah um joey what about you you know it's interesting i think it's great too and michael douglas was is is from new brunswick which is right about right around where i grew up so i'm like new yes Canada. <laughs> not new brunswick canada new Brun- oh what is this bullshit new jersey sorry <laughs> uh, is that a bowling lanes <laughs> yes there is a there is a brunswick uh, zone yes that's there too but anyway new, brunswick, new um, jersey
3: that's the worst <laughs> name for a place ever <laughs>
4: Wow. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Joey. Sorry. No, um, <laughs> It's interesting, because you mentioned earlier about um, you could still have Janet Van Dyne, and there's been all that those rumors about who would be playing um, mm-hmm. Wasp, and Rashida Jones was there, and everyone thought Rashida Jones would be a great choice because she did that movie with Paul Rudd, but then it clicks in my brain. Would Janet Van Dyne potentially be opposite Scott Lang then?
5: Yeah.
4: Or would they keep her with Hank Pym? I don't know. Now it's all these... like Again, it's kind of just more and more awesome things just being announced for what... what. Catherine
5: Zeta-Jones is Janet Van Dyne. <laughs> did they break up, though? They did, yeah. They did break up. No, they're drama. just separated. They're yeah. not broken up yet.
4: My other question would be if they do the like 60s flashbacks, who would play young Michael Douglas?
2: I don't know. But or I, would they do that? I could, you, I could watch an entire movie about, with that, that is an Edgar Wright 60s <laughs> like, crazy action movie. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. It's a double feature. Yeah, exactly. Either they'll get an actor who sort of looks like him, or they'll do like that weird like reverse with, aging. Yeah, with Patrick effects. Stewart from the X Men. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter when he's actually fighting because it's not gonna be him anyway. It'll be a guy, a stunt man in a suit. Yeah. You know? I don't know.
4: Douglas doesn't have the uh, kind of youthful glow of like a Sam Jackson who's also sixty-six years <laughs> old or true. sixty-five <laughs> years old.
2: That's, no, that's true. I mean, we'll have to see what happens. There's these rumors that Michael Pena is going to be in the movie now. Yeah. Um, I, I Someone was like, oh, maybe he's playing young Michael Douglas, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I guess Michael Pena yeah. is Hispanic. <laughs> and Michael Sam Douglas.
6: Jackson is playing young Michael Douglas. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Fassbender. It has to be. Yeah, it's yeah, Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Fassbender. <laughs> um, yeah, him. so um, actually, uh, so Brian, uh, you are excited about the news. Um, I, I am. I
6: think. I think it's awesome, and I'm. I'm actually j- just as excited about the way they announced it and came out with it as the actual information. All right, uh, uh, I think it makes sense
2: with with the the announced Marvel movies left on the docket here, Brian. That we've got in the next two years, we've got Guardians, we've got yep. Captain America, we've got Ant Man, yes. and we've got Avengers Two. Um, wh- 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 how do you rank those movies as far as anticipation, Brian?
6: I mean, Avengers is number one, but only because it has to be. <laughs> Be, be, because that's just you know my, my geek card gets revoked if I if, if I say anything else. But Ant Man is, the, well, it's it's kind of like we we talked about you know Dark Knight and the Avengers, right? Like, like we we know what a Christopher Nolan Batman movie looks like, and we had no idea what a Joss Whedon Avengers movie would look like, and that's why that was like something to be really excited about. Well, now that we know what a Joss Whedon Avengers movie looks like, it has the bar set very high, and we have zero idea like what Edgar Wright can do when he gets to play in that sandbox so I think that's why I'm a, I'm a bit more excited for it alright I'm doing it I'm doing it now number one is Ant-Man <laughs> okay <laughs> I, ju- I just did it <laughs> not a problem um, followed by the Avengers Age of Ultron um, then then Captain America the Winter Soldier and then Guardians and, it, and it's not because I don't think Guardians is going to be good it's just that all four of them, those movies are going to kick ass
2: yeah absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Um so Brian, what, what uh when does t- Talking Movies come out and what's up next on that show?
6: Well, uh Talking Movies comes out Sunday nights. Um and it is a uh a monthly themed podcast uh where we basically take a big release that's coming out and lead up to it with um reviews of older things that my uh, co-host Chris and I uh have haven't seen and try to make the other watch and things like that for instance this week the first episode was for Nightwatch uh with uh Nick Nolte and Ewan McGregor but starring Josh Brolin and we're doing Josh Brolin movies because Labor Day comes out on January 31st so next week he picks a Josh Brolin movie I haven't seen which is going to be American Gangster which I'm I'm pretty excited for I, I don't know how I missed it yeah I don't know how I missed it but I did and then week three, we pick something that we both haven't seen. It's Josh Brolin. And then week four, we review the new thing. So, mm-hmm. um, it's going to kind of take us through the the year with, uh, with tent polls and then some, some smaller things, just, just things that we're excited about, uh, either because they're huge movies or because we, we, we like the people in them or we want to, you know, know more about them and then go back and revisit those people's filmographies, go, go back and see some genre films that we haven't seen before and things like that. And, uh, it just, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, Chris is a buddy of mine I've known for many years. Uh, I lo- we both live up here in Connecticut. So, um, <laughs> Bobby's been asked, how many times have you been asked if you're, uh, how you're doing this show?
2: Oh, yeah, because whenever I tell people that Brian's doing a show called Talking mm-hmm. Movies, everyone assumes that I am also doing this show. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had to explain multiple times to people that it is possible, in fact, for people <laughs> that I know to do a podcast Without me involved in it, so yeah. uh, not, not,
6: not, not easy, yeah. but possible, possible,
2: definitely possible. Um,
6: so uh, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, you know, the handle at Talking Comics is awesome because it's the name of your show and the yeah. name of your website. Uh, but our Twitter handle is at Movies Talking mm-hmm. because uh, some guy who hasn't used it in three and a half years has Talking Movies. So don't follow Talking Movies. Screw that guy. Um, follow Movies yeah. Talking yeah it's movies talking that, what that's it looks
2: like <laughs>
6: exactly um but that's us on twitter uh and like bobby had said before uh movies dot dot com is where we're hosted right now mm-hmm. but um you know there will be some new things but please uh email us at talking com- uh talking at dot com and uh download the show it's on iTunes it's easy to hit that subscribe button and uh send us a review and tell us how much we suck if you think that i don't care <laughs> i I want people to listen so um it's uh, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun, and we hope to have you you guys on, at uh, either as a collective or individually at some
5: point in the near future.
2: Absolutely, Brian. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much hey, for joining oh, us. Oh, before you go, yeah, yeah, we, we, yes.
5: the Johnny Depp rumors. What do you think?
2: Oh yeah, that's
5: stupid.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, he, when you look at the like the images, it makes sense. Yeah. Like a lister, you know, be very easy to make money off of that movie. I just think that. He's wrong, for, he's wrong for it.
4: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, the new rumors are saying that they're rewriting the entire script anyway,
2: so... Yeah, well, they, were, they were going back well to the drawing board. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, I mean, they've been talking about him for, I feel like, three years now yeah. uh, in that role. I feel like they just keep cropping up. And,
6: and uh, don't get me wrong. I take Johnny Depp over Patrick Dempsey, but,
2: <laughs> you know... I
5: don't know. Johnny Depp of the Ninth Gate yeah, The sort of tortured, bookish, mm-hmm. I think that could work.
2: As long as he's not like, you know, uh, Charlie and Chalka Factory or oh, yeah, Or have a
5: bird staple to his
2: head yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Just to clarify, this
3: is for Doctor Strange. Doctor right? Strange, yeah, Doctor Strange, yes. So oh, that everyone else who doesn't know.
2: Yeah, sorry. Good, Thank you, Stephanie. Thank ben. you. Um Yeah. All right, cool. So, Brian, thank you so much for uh, joining us. Have a great oh, night. Thanks and for having me. Of course, and listen to the show, Talking Movies. All right. Take yeah. care. Take care. Bye, Brian. All right, now that he's gone, <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. Riff
3: Raff.
2: Yeah,
5: movie stalking, huh?
2: Movie, <laughs> movie stalking. Yeah, yeah. He was laughing about it when he first made it because he's like, "It looks like movie stalking. <laughs> it doesn't look like movie stalking." Um,
3: like movie book club.
2: Exactly. Uh, so yeah, cool. so ch- check that out, and uh, yeah, it'll be. It's. I think it's gonna be fun going forward, uh, and we'll definitely do some crossovers. It's like gonna be an, like Angel and Buffy over here. Mm. Um, all right, so let's move on to our books of the week. Um, Bob, why don't you start up?
5: Okie dokie. First off, just because I did something really bizarre this week that yeah. I hadn't done before, I've, I made myself a Gravatar.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and threw it
5: all over the place. <laughs> so in running through all sorts of old Fantastic Four books to find the right image of the thing to throw up there, I came across a book that has two of them in it. It's Marvel two and one number 50 from April of 1979, where John Byrne wrote and drew this sort of anniversary issue, Reed Richards finds a cure for the thing, except it would only work on him the way he was before, when he was sort of lumpy and not rocky. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. Ben walks out of the room and Ben has an idea. He uses Dr. Doom's time machine Mm -hmm. to go backwards in time to cure himself. Of course, they have a huge fight. Mm -hmm. And the thing he discovers is not quite how he remembers himself being he's bitter and angry and mad at the world as you would be too if you turned into an orange dinosaur he feeds him the serum he gets changed the ben from the present doesn't mm-hmm. and reed says well of course not <laughs> it just doesn't work like that and he just goes oh well well who has it better or worse is sort of how it ends mm-hmm. um as Byrne was in, then hadn't started doing Fantastic Four yet. Went on to do it. They actually did issue 100 and revisited the whole thing just before he turned it over into The Thing, which is a very nice picture. (laughs) No one can see, but you but it's a very nice image.
2: Bob has all his books. I have all my books, as usual.
5: Uh, well, in issue 100, Reed has you know, because he's Reed, has been taping what went on 50 issues before, Mm -hmm. it's four years later, and discovers in the background a newspaper with basically the Earth being destroyed in headlines. And what Ben, what did you do exactly? Mm-hmm. And goes back and discovers a destroyed New York that because there isn't the thing, mm-hmm. Galactus takes out everything. Interesting. Mm-hmm. In their alternate timeline. Then that it turns into a whole other story. I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's just really lovely that four years later they revisited mm-hmm. this story and he found another way into that. And right. So... It's, so it's Marvel 2 and 150, and then 100, and then it went right into the thing number one. And I'm sure they've all been collected somewhere, but they're they're probably 25 cents in the, in the, in the cutout bins. <laughs> to actual new books, uh, the movement number eight was just another stellar, stellar issue. It is a closing of a lot of threads of the first arc. We get to see some of Coral City's finest who aren't really very nice fellas, but some turn out to be better than we thought, which was really lovely. The graveyard faction is making a mess of things. We get lots of new looks at what virtue can and can't do when she apparently is scary to even Catharsis and Tremor and everyone else. There's a burgeoning love story, sort of, with with Mouse. Lots of nice vengeance more things. This book continues to just get better and better each each go around. I really hope next issue is Batgirl Girl Crossover. Really put some numbers on this. I've said this before. If one quarter of Batgirl's readers sample this and stick, mm-hmm. this book will be safe. Mm-hmm. And it, it just really, really deserves it. It's just been excellent from the get go. It
2: does absolutely. It was a very good. It was a very good issue. Uh, and it, like I said, it was it was a nice uh, eight issue arc that tied itself up pretty nicely and did. I, I that was one of my favorite moments in the entire series actually so far is that moment where she, uh, Virtue does her thing. And the two other characters, you know, yeah. are talking. And one of them seems genuinely scared. Yeah. You know, and I I, I think we have that dynamic goes forward with those
5: characters. Yeah. When you're seeing virtue as really the virtuous one, the voice of reason, mm-hmm. let loose. Yeah. She ooh. goes kind of Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. So. Mm-hmm. so that was a fun one. Uh, Avengers world. Number one, Jonathan Hickman, Nick Spencer, Stefano Casali. By the way, uh, movement is Gail Simone, Freddie E. Williams. I should say it, even though I've said it now every week or every month for the last eight, but I'll continue to say it, mm-hmm. follow their work. Avengers World, I think there are just finally too many Avengers books for me. It was mm-hmm. good, and it's an interesting introduction, but I didn't get a heck of a whole lot of stuff out of it. It's a very sort of splintered story. Mm-hmm. Four different places. We're in Madripoor, which is going through all sorts of craziness. We're in New York. There's a storm on the East Coast. Just a mess everywhere. Where else are we? We've got. Sh- 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 I don't even remember. Island a- of Aim. A- Island, Island, Island of Aim, a- a- yes. Yeah. There we go. Uh, and there's one other one that I'm not remembering. Stephanie, you read this?
3: <laughs> yeah, I will comment oh. after. Okay. okay. <laughs> um,
5: there's some interesting little character moments here and there, but not really enough. Of course, it being. Some parts, Jonathan Hickman. This could three years from now could end up being something really magical. Mm. But I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at a panel that I don't know. There's a like a giant turtle with an with yeah. AIM Island on the top of its yeah. head. Yeah, which is okay. I don't know if I get this exactly, Steph. What was, was your take on this? Go
3: I, the turtle thing. I feel like there was something where one of the ninjas who was randomly in the story for no particular reason whatsoever. fucking yeah, ever. He <laughs> mentioned something about. The island actually being on a dragon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care. So it's probably a dragon
2: the
5: then. The
3: book was, it looked like Godzilla. It looked <laughs> like we were just trying to rip off Godzilla.
5: <laughs> a really I big know. Godzilla with the whole island on his head. I, what, what's that, uh, the Terry Pratchett, uh, oh, Discworld Discworld. Yeah, where not <laughs> it the giant turtle with the elephants yeah. and the whole? Yeah. yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't hate it, but like, it definitely didn't capture me enough to want to be like, oh, I am going to read the rest of this.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, It was
3: just, it was, it was mediocre at best. mm -hmm. It wasn't anything else for me. Like, it just, it just fell short of all of its marks. And just, again, like what Bob said, it just, at the end of it, I was like, yep, too many Avengers books. Although I've been saying that since the beginning. I still (laughs) tried it out just for the record, everyone.
2: Me too. Yeah, Same idea. The only good news about it is that this this mean what's happening now is the Hickman Avengers, like regular, just you know, adjective, you know, suffixless, uh, whatever <laughs> Avengers, is is going down to once a month now. This is like huh. this is like the the double shipped thing: one's Avengers World and one's Avengers. So at least there's that. At least now, you, if you don't like this book, you can just buy Avengers once a month and cut down even on your pull list a little bit there. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't want to cut you off. We'll go back to you. But I know Stephanie might have to run in the next couple okay. minutes, so I want to give Stephanie a chance to Absolutely. talk about. Uh, some books that she liked this week.
3: Yes, my parentals are in town from across the country, so yeah. they've decided for late dinner. Anyways, um, so first of all, I want to say, um, I a couple of weeks ago I mentioned that I started reading Next Wave. Uh, yes, I finished that on the airplane the other day, and I felt so wrong reading it with other people around me. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like all kinds of incredible, and like I laughed out loud so many times, and I did not care who was like judging me. There are so many amazing things in this book that, like, there's not one single reason I can think of for you to not read it. Like, some of the villains, like, not villains, some of the weapons that the villains use include cuddly, wuddly koala bears of death, Soul. <laughs> homicidal crabs, <laughs> and atomic puppies.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: Like, it is seriously one of the best Best books I've ever read. Warren Ellis, Stuart Eminem, amazing.
2: Yeah, seventy. I actually read the. I got it. I read the first three issues in the trade so far. Um, oh, I, good, right? I, I absolutely love them. The Fing Fang Foom stuff is hilarious. It's oh incredible. my god!
3: And, and like, like he just sticks them down his pants. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and I lo- I love it. Well, the last line of the first issue was is like, Oh my god, he's wearing shorts or whatever it is. He's wearing underwear. <laughs> That's the last line by the the, the one character. But then I love the they have like you know the cover or whatever is the next thing and it's and it's like um, verses you know it's, it's like title it's like a fight mm-hmm. card and, it, and it's fing fang foom is I'll put you in my underpants <laughs> <It's> like his <laughs> quote and I was laughing I was actually reading it in the laundromat like uh, dying um, oh
3: my God. it's really good and like I bought it digitally but I like as soon as I get a chance to go downtown I'm buying myself like a physical copy of it to put in my shelf proudly
5: mm. is it like, just one trade or yeah. is it a buy? I don't yeah. know I There's, think it's um,
4: well,
3: the other good thing
4: about it is, I don't know if it, it has it in the trades, but the uh, the recap page yeah. oh my God, for yeah. each book is so funny. <laughs> like, Warren Ellis, it's, like, always the same questions. It's like, why should you read Next Wave? And it's always some snarky Warren Ellis, like, witticism. Yeah, it just gets you every time before you even start reading the story. Yeah.
3: Oh, my God. It's, like, seriously the best. Like, everything about it, and even they'll have, like, the little, like, captions or, um, like, an asterisk for a sidebar kind of thing. And they're so funny. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. Like I can't stress on. Like I loved it with the couple of issues I'd read, and I love it even more now.
2: Yeah, there's uh so two good. volumes of it. Um, and there's, there's a
3: collected one volume. Yeah, here.
2: there is on Amazon. It's like twenty five bucks on Amazon for a collected of, of both trades.
3: And so. like Tabitha, she's like, oh, she's so ditzy, but she's she's like this really powerful character, and I love that she does this thing to activate her powers, like she does like this whole like tick 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 boom thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, I love that. It's great.
3: And uh, it's just seriously so good. It's so witty, the dialogue's great, the story's great, and it doesn't take itself too seriously while still remaining a good, solid story. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. There's not enough good things I can say about that book, please. I know it's not in danger of being canceled, so you don't need to buy it ASAP, <laughs> but do yourself a favor and read it soon.
2: It's really great, yeah.
3: Um, Bobby, to you quickly, I started reading Daredevil finally. Oh, wow. So I'm three issues in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to try and stick with it a bit, but I'm digging it so far, so I just wanted to give you a little nice. heads up on that one because awesome. you are the one that keeps on mentioning it, and yeah. I've been collecting it for a long time. And yeah, it is fantastic.
2: And it builds on itself was the great thing about that series is that it, it, you know, the, I think the first run is great, but I think once, once Samney enters the picture, the, the book goes even up a level from where it was before he, he showed up. So um, I don't but,
3: think he has yet. Cause I'm only three. And... No, he's
2: like issue. I think it's on issue like 12 or something like that is when he shows yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, not that
2: Marcos Martin is any sort of like slouch yeah. as an artist, but, <laughs> mm.
3: um, And because, like, I'm I'm just going to mention this one quickly before I get to my, like, you know, for reals book of the week. Mm -hmm. But um, from Image Expo, I got a preview book. Um, So I don't know if they released these online because, like, today was seriously the first day I've been on my computer in, like, a week. Um, But they released two to four pages of a bunch of the comics that were announced at Image Expo. Oh, cool. So they had uh, a preview for Starlight by Mark Millar and Goran Parlov, which is 2014 – or March, sorry, we're in 2014. The <laughs> Fuse, Anthony Johnson and Justin Greenwood in February. Southern Bastards by Jason Aaron and Jason Latour in March. Shudder uh, in April with Joe Keating and Lila Del Duca. And then Lowe uh, in June from Rick Remender oh, yeah, yeah. and Greg Tocchini. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, by the way, Rick Remender's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, he just, he is one-line zinger king, <laughs> The Zinger King. <laughs> um, i sorry, Stray Bullets March by David Lapham and Outcast, which is the Robert Kirkman and Paula Zetta yeah. story. So I had a chance to read the previews for this. Mm-hmm. Some of them, like Starlight, like it, it's just the beginning of the story and, you know, it doesn't really give you anything because it just like trails off and I'm like, oh, <laughs>
1: that
3: was a, okay, well, that's, oh, well, that's a story <laughs> that I'll read in March, maybe. <laughs> but, um, low is the one that I'm really excited for. And the preview in here is
1: awesome. <laughs>
3: um, and the fuse and Southern bastards and stray bullets weren't things that I actually heard about at image expo. So they were new things for me to be like, Ooh, let's in here <laughs> and <laughs> discover. And I don't know, again, if they're online, I apologize for even mentioning them, but it's really awesome. And you guys will get to this in a little bit, but I will not. And you know, I'm really, really excited for all of these announcements. And holy moly, Batman. <laughs> um, and my final thing that I want to mention before getting out of here, besides, you know, I'm sure Bob's going to bring up all new X-Men, but I'm going to say Black Widow.
5: Well, good. I was just about to do that. So please go yeah. ahead.
3: Ooh. OK. Sorry for no, stealing go, everyone's no. thunder. <laughs> um, so I totally, again, forgot that this was out and was wandering around and saw it on the shelf and was like, I gotta buy this! <laughs> Did, um. So it's Nathan Edmondson who's writing it, and then uh, art by Phil Noto. And if for no other reason, you should buy it for Phil Noto's art, because yeah. like, are you familiar with him at all? Because, yes, like, I, for real. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh yeah.
5: yeah. I read his I, Ghost miniseries, was right? I first encountered, and this is that plus. It is just mm-hmm. a, a beautiful, beautiful book.
3: He does, like, facial expressions on women and so well and they're just beautiful and stunning and the whole book is incredible and it sets up so much uh you know with the limited amount of space that they're given um obviously i'm assuming this is an ongoing supposing the readership is there yes Mm -hmm. and the you know the bricks that they've laid out for us there's so much they could do Mm -hmm. so much and I, I don't know much about, I mean, I read her stuff, like, you know, she pops up in a lot of things, but I don't think I've read anything strictly Black Widow. Um, so this is a really interesting look at her, you know, for me, because I, I, I'm not as familiar as I'd like to be. So this is really cool. And I dug the story um, and, you know, she's kick ass, like she should be. And mm-hmm. I'll let somebody else say something about this because you guys all
2: read this I assume yeah so. yes. absolutely yeah, yeah 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 I mean Joey you did the review for us correct yes yeah Um. so why don't you let us know what you thought
4: yeah I, I really really enjoyed it Um, <clears throat> the thing I really liked about it I had, I had read some some of the uh, Black Widow solo series that came out like a decade ago or so Um, one uh, there was a brief mini by Greg Rooka I think mm-hmm. actually uh, and then Richard K. Morgan I think was his name <laughs> I feel terrible. It might be Philip. I'm going to check that because I feel terrible. Uh, but he did a, a brief series also that was very kind of like Black Widow. Yeah, Richard K. Morgan, um, like fighting terrorists and, and all this political stuff in, the, in the, like 2001 or 2002. Very dark, very gritty, you know, uh, very violent. This was like similar tone in terms of spies, espionage, thriller, you know, um, Black Widow kicking ass. But what I liked about it was the kind of line that I put at the top of the review, which was the last line of the book, which was, you'll never know who I was and this is who I am now. Mm -hmm. And it kind of set the tone, like Black Widow's past is so convoluted. All you really need to take away from it is this idea that she's done stuff that she needs to atone for. That's kind of the premise of the book. But instead of wasting time looking back, we're going to look forward and and watch her be this new person. I really like that premise, even though the first issue didn't go into too much with, oh, the great villain that she's going to be fighting for the next six issues or whatever, didn't necessarily set all that up. It set up a very new, very refreshing tone for the character and, and gave her a spotlight that, like Stephanie said, we see a lot of her, but we don't see her like this often. I feel like last time I saw her like this was when she was, Essentially co-starring with uh, Bucky Barnes and Winter Soldier, yeah. which yeah. will always <laughs> hold a special place in my heart. Um, um, and this felt like an extension of that, which I really enjoyed.
3: To, to your quick point, where you know it was one of those things where they were talking about we might not see her past or she might not reveal it. I got the impression too that even though she's not necessarily willing to unveil it. Um, one of the things that her enemies might wind up using against her might not necessarily be physical force, but her past itself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's an origin story to be told, but along the way and not, you know, all right up front, it's used as a plot device.
4: Yeah, with excessive flashbacks this, and
3: stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, will get a glimpse of her or, you know, what somebody thinks is a glimpse of her along the way.
5: There, I think there's the key to it. There's so many stories to tell, and she's told so many herself. Mm -hmm. Right.
3: Mm -hmm. So I suspect that, like, her past will become a factor in it, but, you know, the story that they're telling right now that you've brought up um, is going to be the main focus, which I love.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Bob, what did you think? Well,
5: for just no other reason, as Stephanie says, the art is just sensational. As a tie-in to someone, I've read a lot of Black Widow, including the first ones, all the way back in suspense and mm-hmm. how she gets Hawkeye to fall in love with her in number 57 mm-hmm. and so on and so on and so forth. For those who know nothing about this character except her appearances in the movies, mm-hmm. this is a wonderful jumping-on point yeah. that you'll get to learn about the Black mm-hmm. Widow, the comic book character, and how they tie in. It is the red on her ledger. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're doing here. Without spoiling too much, she's trying to make up for the bad things she did Mm -hmm. before and has found a really, really clever way to do that by taking out people who are deserving of being taken out. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I like about it, too, is there's this this idea of past and who you are and I am who I am now. You'll never know who who I was. The, the, The fact about Black Widow is that her personality and her backstory is whatever... Needs it to be to fit what she's doing at the time, you know. So of the million backstories she she's given in in, in her mm-hmm. time, and, and you see her kind of, you know, sort of telling the truth at the beginning, but also sort of lying. There's like a, there's there's you know mm-hmm. the narration is unreliable uh, 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 to some extent. Um, I like that idea of kind of playing with that identity and and who you are and and the fact that her past could kind of be anything. You know, it, it's it's kind of a blank slate. In a lot of ways, for people reading the book for the first time, uh, the art was gorgeous, and I like it because it feels. And Joey brought up Winter Soldier before; it has that same feeling to me, where it doesn't feel like a superhero book. You know, yeah. it it feels like a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. It do, it doesn't it doesn't feel like it needs to fit into the. They're not trying to shoehorn her in to the kind of capes and cowl's, big muscles, you know, superheroic stuff. She works out fine in those things when she's in the Avengers and books like that, and that, and it works, but giving her own soul series, they really feel like they sculpted it to her personality and to who she is, and that's, I think, why it stood out to me more than, uh, even I expected to, really. I picked it up because it's number one, and I was like, I'll read it, and I'm sure I'll, I'll enjoy it, but it ma- it, it made me want to keep going and read uh, number two and, and keep going with the series. So.
3: I've- I feel like the tagline for the whole book should be something along the lines of "It's never what you think." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's
2: good. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, the, the the cover being like a '70s movie poster it always gets yeah. me because yeah. it's like my favorite movie poster design are those '70s posters. So as soon as I see that and that font and all that, it just
5: it works. Oh, we were at the panel when they showed that cover. Mm. There was a gasp in the audience. <laughs> it was really palpable. that people went, yeah. oh, this is going to be good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You can't never do that for Phil Noto's art, but like, he really, really nailed it. Yeah. And I, I
4: don't want to take away anything away from Nathan Edmondson, too. Like, I think that, that he made some very wise choices in terms of pacing out the issue mm-hmm. to make it unique. I think a lot of people were expecting a little bit more flash right. with the opening issue. But it was very deliberate, very kind of, here's the character, here's the mood. Um, I'm going to set this out before I even launch into any ongoing story, which will probably be next issue, which is like next week or something. Yeah. It's, it's coming out. But I think, and I really liked Edmondson's work on uh, Dancer and Who is Jake Ellis, which is very similar in tone, but also very deliberate in mm-hmm. terms of how, what's revealed, when is it revealed, and, and that emphasis on character.
2: Yeah, I mean that's he's a good choice for for the series. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, Stephanie, is that going to wrap up your your book of the week?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of got to run. I'd okay. love to talk X Factor with Bob, but I suppose that'll have to be an email conversation. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can talk about it next week too.
3: Yeah, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to have a discussion. It yeah. comes yes. on
4: next week again. Actually, I think.
5: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. Oh well, then it's convenient. <laughs> it, yeah. works it works out. out. It works out completely. But my uh, apologies for having to run out on the show.
2: No
5: worries, Stephanie. Yep. I'll send you an email about your trivia question on Friday, too.
3: Oh, yes, please. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. It was great, guys. Talk to you later. Good night. night.
2: Bye. Um, all right. Back, Bobby interrupted you. I'm sure that oh. she talked about one of your books, too. But um, That's okay. No, yeah, because yeah.
5: what as we're leading right into this, Marvel Point One, Number One Now. I don't know what the actual... What's the actual title of this? All New Marvel Now,
2: Point Four, One. Point Number One. Yeah, I guess oh, so. It's
5: just confusing point one number one yes uh so that's not allowed i guess that's just redundant (laughs) but as the last time they did this it's stories that lead into the new books that are coming Mm -hmm. and here there's a really great black widow story Mm -hmm. and there's some lines here that i love where that's the sort of predator i am a conflicted one a deadly one one alone and you can't change my nature (laughs) that's scary stuff yeah it is but again, this is, uh, for for the last time around, a lot of people missed the point one, and it turns out that mm-hmm. it was important stuff and yeah. ended up being very rare. And, and yeah. in this case, you you set the stage on The Widow, there's a spectacular look at the new Silver Surfer, Yeah, mm. Dan Slott and, and Michael Allred, and I'm not going to spoil the joke, but as a uh, party about... A cosmic event, the cosmic rays, <laughs> that is just one of the funniest things I have ever seen, <laughs> and I just did not see this coming. It's the surfer and his new partner, Dawn Greenwood, <laughs> who's flying around on his surfboard wearing, you know, black Converse All-Stars, which <laughs> is just hilarious. Joey, do you remember, I was saying this to Bobby before, the 90s surfer series where he was flying around with Alicia? for a couple nope, of years. No, that sounds
4: hilarious.
5: <laughs> it, was, it was the 90s, so it was more serious than hilarious, though mm. there were funny moments. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it made sense because Alicia was the person who convinced him to turn on Galactus all the way back in FF's 48 to 50. Mm-hmm. So he needed someone to help him see other worlds, too, and she had split up with Ben at that point and so on and so on and so forth. And that's before she was a Skrull. Was she a Skrull? I forget now.
4: <laughs> Secret History, Invasion? I
5: think. Hmm? Briefly, I think. Yeah, and she married Johnny when she was a Skrull. Yes. Which was pretty bad. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty icky. and I thought they forgot that. But folks, do yourself a favor. If you see Marvel now point one on the stands, pick it up before you tear your hair out three months from now going, I should have bought that. It's a great split focus issue. Lots of Loki. Mm -hmm. And there are keys going around and devices. A great little bit with Thor. Nice look at the all new invaders and a whole a new character called oh where is her name and i wrote the thing down tenlith the cree pursuer who's being <laughs> sent here because apparently back in world war 2 the cree left something behind here that they want back hmm. and it's been scattered because it was split into pieces by submariner and the original android human torch and they need the parts. And that's where this is going to be a new and old story in James Robinson Invaders, which mm-hmm. looks so good. Great story with the new Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Mm. So lots of introductions here, folks. <laughs> so pick one up, Joey, are you going to talk about X-Factor? And I'll wait for your bit.
2: Oh, yeah. I'll talk about X-Factor. Okay. Shoot. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's, do, let's do some X-Factor, Joey.
4: Yeah. X-Factor was... All new X Factor. Oh, right. All, all, yes. All new X Factor number one. Well, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, new premise, still by Peter David. Art by what's his first name? Carmine. Carmine, Carmine DiGia Domenico.
5: Very nicely done.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I like his last name. I completely <laughs> forgot the first name. And Lee Luffridge doing colors. Who's just you know a legend in his own right. Yes. Um, I liked it. I know that doesn't sound as excited (laughs) as I probably was during the first issue, uh, series, which was just really fantastic. And I think part of it is that I'm jaded from the first series, Mm -hmm. which I think is a, is a problem coming Mm -hmm. into the book. Um, I thought it was, it's a fascinating premise. A lot of the style and, and, and characterization that, that Peter David is so good at is in here. Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel as excited as I thought I, I would be reading it as I was reading the the previous volume. Mm-hmm. Um, in its own right, I think it's a good book and I think it's it's resting on a very f- interesting premise that will play out interestingly over the next few uh, months. And the cast is great too. You know, I, you can't go wrong with Gambit, really. And Polaris. Mm-hmm. But as a first issue, I, just, I, I thought I liked it and uh, I'll read it more, but I didn't have that that buzz that I felt after like a black widow or even the first issue of the last Peter David X factor volume
5: mm-hmm. I don't know. It was weird. I miss desperately the other cast mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, saying that up front that, you know, Layla and Jamie and that the whole detective part of it and, and shadow yeah. star and, and, and the rest. It's too soon for me to say that I'm going to continue to be disappointed because as you say, the premise here is X-Factor is now a superhero group run by this giant company, Serval Industries, who are sort of... Mysterious
4: the Peter- company.
2: <laughs> well,
5: Peter describes them as Google. Mm-hmm. Right. Who, you know, started doing search engines and became something different. Mm-hmm. And their job is helping people. Right, yeah. Right. Will it always be helping people? Right, yeah. You know, what else could be going on in the background? It's a big, giant company run by a fellow named Harrison Snow, which, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sounds like a bad guy.
4: Yeah. Right.
5: Just right off the bat.
4: He looks like a bad guy, too. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> yeah,
5: I, I, this is true. And and he has an assistant in Linda Kwan who also looks like she could be something that she's hiding. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Polaris is great in this. She describes her, you know, having a bad day. I thought you were an alcoholic. No, I just had a bad day. <laughs> right. We, we reference that. She does know that the rest of her team is safe. We're not going to go down that road of there was a a run during the X-Men period with Claremont Burn, where they didn't know each half of the team was dead. Mm-hmm. One under a volcano, one in an earthquake or a magneto, mm-hmm. or whatever was going on. We're just, we've gotten that all out of the way. We may even see them somewhere mm-hmm. down the road, you know, Leila on Jamie out on the farm, raising mm-hmm. cows or whatever it is they're doing. Right. It is a, a lovely premise. It's Peter David. I know it's going to end up being good. We have a second issue coming up almost immediately. It's yeah. next, next week. So I have the funny feeling the two issues will serve as the first issue because we've not met half the cast yet.
2: Right. Yeah. 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 My – I was very excited to read it because I loved the last uh, – when I read of X-Factor, which was kind of like the last, I guess, year or so of it. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought it was great. And I was excited because I was going to get on the ground floor. I, there wasn't going to be a ton I didn't know. I was going to be ready, and uh, we're, I'm on board. Funny enough, that ended up being the thing that I guess – Uh, hindered my enjoyment because Mm -hmm. there wasn't that feeling of there's this like this group with all this legacy and all this history and these characters who have these complex dynamics and I'm sure it will build to that but it's a whole other ball game especially for me jumping in on like year 10 of this dynamics being built and, and then starting out from scratch and I missed that you know the characters didn't pop to me in this I like Gambit I like Polaris. I like Quicksilver. I I think they're all interesting, and I feel like they make for a fun team and a team of. Uh, I mean, Polaris is obviously a holdover from the, from the last team, but almost, um, I guess, slightly higher profile versions of the other, you know, the mm-hmm. the old X Factor team, right? Which has its ups and downs as well, which we've seen with other groups, and they try to make them more, more high profile, but. I like the idea. I think the idea of working for a corporation really—it keeps it. It feels very fresh. It feels very uh, prescient for the now and what's going on. Um, but like you said, you know, I almost feel like I want to stop reading it for a year and then read it so that I, yes. get, I, I, all of <laughs> so this you thing. can see it all. Yeah, exactly. So I can see it all because he. Peter David is nothing like Jonathan Hickman, but bizarrely, he is the way Jonathan Hickman is with plot. I feel like Peter David is with character.
5: That's perfect. Right. That's you, absolutely right. You know
2: what I mean? Like I, I'm waiting to see all of this great stuff bloom and blossom. And look, the moment to moment interactions are a lot of fun, I, I, and the, the art is beautiful as, as well. I think it, it's it's a very well done book. But when I put all of these number ones down, just like Joey had said, this was the one that I, I, I barely kind of remembered it after it felt very insubstantial to me after i had finished reading it. And I don't think necessarily because it was any less substantial than an X-Factor issue, but it just wasn't building on anything. So it was tough to for it to be memorable. I, since it's coming out so quickly, I will pick up the second issue.
4: Yeah.
2: Um, but it might not be one of those things where I just wait um, mm-hmm. I- for a I while agree, to, yeah. to pick it up because I... I ju- it's not grab, it didn't grab me with the first issue. Well, yeah, there be, was a
4: time. Sorry, Bob. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, Joe. I mean, ahead. there was a time when the X Factor books would be like, you know, I'd save them for the end. You me know, I, I'd want to read them like last because I knew they were going to be so good. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and one of the things that, like, I, I kind of knew that I, I, I needed to, to not lower my expectations but alter my expectations a little bit was when I opened up the book and Peter David's little, like, here's what's going on in my life, yeah. little mm-hmm. recap thing on the recap yes. page wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And then I realized why would there be a recap page? This is a number 1, yeah. right? <laughs> so so I think you're right. I think in the in the coming weeks and months, I think that we will build around this premise and and the characters will kind of layer on top of it. But uh I think as an if trying to adopt the mindset of a new reader, I'm I I'd, I'd be interested. I don't know if again, I don't know if I'd be completely buy into it just yet. I think another thing that 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 um, affected my reading of it was I like Gambit a lot, but his internal monologue doesn't even come close to Jamie's in my mind. Yeah. Just in terms of the tone and the kind of the 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 wit there with with um, multiple man versus Gambit's internal monologue, it mm-hmm. just didn't work for me. Didn't jive for me yet. I don't know.
2: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, it's funny because it was it's probably one of one of the ones I was most excited for uh, before reading it. Mm-hmm. so the expectations versus delivery for me it's a big gulf there uh but i mean we'll see what, yeah. what happens in the future
5: i think the voice of this will end up being polaris mm-hmm. you know lorna Dane yeah. will be our narrator yeah right
2: or one of, i mean we have other characters still yet to, mm-hmm. to be ent- enter the fray here so who, who knows what, what's going to happen and as their relationships develop there might be uh someone you don't expect to be the the you know the kind of mm-hmm. the the voice of the book but We'll have to see what happens there. Um, what else, Joey, you, you also you read and reviewed Young Avengers. Oh, Young Avengers. So this was oh, Another a thing.
4: book I'm going to miss, really. Yeah.
2: So this was a book. Uh, I love this book. My shop got screwed over by Diamond this week and didn't get it. Oh, my God. So I have not read it yet. <laughs> oh, that, that last panel is just going to get you in the heart. <laughs> so I wanted to bring you on because I, I wanted some people to, to talk about it because it obviously was one of the biggest things that happened in, in the, this past week.
4: I, yeah i mean i think and not only was it one of the biggest things that happened this past week but i think as a as a whole i think that the series was one of the kind of lesser talked about gems of mm-hmm. the of the now era or whatever they're going to call it ultimately <laughs> i think just, the book is so wonderful and in terms of the resolution um the storyline it's been over the last two issues, 14 and 15 here. It's just been like the perfect way to end the series and Gillen and, and, uh the uh, core of artists, the core of excellent artists mm. from Joe Quinones and um, uh, Becky, Becky Cloonan. Was she on this? Yeah, I think so. And uh, Jamie McKelvey, obviously just beautiful artwork all the way around. He structured around this new year's Eve party. And in doing so, he's given us these kind of like at eleven fifty-seven, this is happening at midnight, this is happening, and it's allowed him to jump between his cast of characters and and really tie up the threats and really provide a sense of con- of a sense of closure to what has really been a, a relatively self-contained series, mm-hmm. which all of the Young Avengers runs, even under Heinberg, kind of kind of uh, have been. Uh, it's just this one was so quirky and fun, whereas the other one was very kind of operatic and and very um, kind of coming of age story. This one was very quirky, very kind of now we're now we're emerging adults. How do we cope with uh, with what we have and how do we become our own person type deal? Very funny characters were great. Uh, I don't want to go into too much like spoilery stuff, but needless to say, any questions that you have. Regarding the characters and some motivations and and everything, it it gets hit. Whether you uh, receive the absolute definitive answer that you might have wanted is still up in the air, but in terms of each character getting their little moment to shine over the last two issues, they get it. And the characters are just fantastic uh, all the way across.
2: Yeah, it's been really fun, especially, I mean, both on the art side and the writing side, to see them really kind of play with uh, comic book structure and yeah. break it down in a lot of ways, and, and get um, very meta at times. You know, there's there's this, there's this uh, spread a couple issues ago where basically Wiccan is jumping from panel. It, it, it looks like from panel to panel in the series. In the series, like he's going yeah. back in time through these holes in the in the series, and it's laid out like the pages of the series from those past issues were. Um, really interesting stuff. I mean, the kind of they made a big deal, right, when the first issue came out. The, the like the music video right. fights, which were really only in an issue or two, and they yeah. and they moved on. They they never they never fell back on on one certain quirk or gimmick. They were always moving and changing. Um, they obviously work great together, and you know, Gillen does a lot of work at Marvel. Obviously, he's doing he's doing the Wolverine origin book now. He does Iron Man. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that this is him. That's is him. You know, this is this is just like Journey to mystery was him. Like this is him as well. There's, th- there's nothing safe or normal about the bug. It's yeah. everywhere and it's, it goes all over the place. Um, you know, and and it plays with what I love, and I, I love this especially. It's kind of happening all over the place now, which I'm really happy about. But a couple of years ago, we there was all these big deals being made about um, you know the marriage in um, *Astonishing X-Men* and. Green Lantern being gay in Earth Two, and and in this book, everybody is gay or bisexual. <laughs> well, or it's
4: funny because they talk about that in like the last couple of pages. Yeah. Kate Bishop, I think, says like, "Am I the only straight one on this team?" <laughs> right? And 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 it just clicked in my brain this issue that that was the case. Yeah, you know, and like I think that really speaks. To Gillen's ability to handle these characters and handle their identities and handle their, their struggle with that identity, but not make it the 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 only thing about them.
2: Right. I right? mean its central I... relationship is the Wiccan Hulkling relationship, oh, yeah. which yeah. is a beautiful, nice, uh complicated relationship. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's a it's a really it was a really great book and you know, I'm I'm sad that it's gone, but I love the ethos behind them stopping it. Which yeah. is that they, they want it to be self contained. They wanted. They don't. He never wants Young Avengers to become a series that goes on and on and on and on. He's like he likes that the the runs have been short, contained, mm-hmm. you know, singular voice runs, and then it then it ends. And then if somebody else wants to pick up the threads again, they can do that. But um, yeah, it, 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 I, I can't wait to read the the last issue. But
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: oh, it's it's so it's just I'm gonna miss the series. I'm gonna miss the series partly
4: because I think that and Marvel's actually doing a nice job with this in terms of bringing characters like the Miss Marvel series that's Mm -hmm. coming up and Kate Bishop is still in Hawkeye and everything, but the, the younger core of characters that they've had, and they've really built up over the last five or six years and they've, and uh, they've created some really, really wonderful characters too. Um, they got their attention in this series and it was just so fun. Like the, the, I think 13 at 12 and 13 when, when, um, prodigy, uh, texted all his friends, and all the teen heroes showed up for yeah. the final battle. I just thought that was so wonderful, and they're yeah. like picking out oh, I, I remember him from you know Young X Men, which lasted ten issues or something, <laughs> you know. Uh, so you know, I I hope that that those characters find an outlet mm-hmm. uh, soon too.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Any other books you want to talk
4: about, Joey? No, I mean those are the three big ones that I read. All New X Factor, Black Widow, and uh, Young Avengers uh, were the three big ones. Very from cool. last week. And Sex Criminals 4 was last week too, right? It was, and it was excellent. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's uh it's getting pretty intense. And it, the cool thing about that issue too is that it didn't go the way I thought it was gonna go. No, yeah. When they started laying it out and the way it's been moving and building towards, I had a very clear idea of what I thought this issue was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it was not that at all. Which no. was really, really cool. Um Yeah, so I am uh and I, I like the way they're kind of building this. They're, they're, he's building up the world very nicely in, in very subtle ways, mm-hmm. uh, where characters are showing up in different characters' kind of worlds, and I, I'm enjoying where where that's going. Uh, for me, I mean, we've covered all the Marvel books that I might have talked about, but it was a very big DC week uh, for me this week. Uh, Earth, the Tom Taylor run on Earth Two continues to be really, really good. I, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, he he's he manages. It's a very difficult balance because he manages is it to be it's you know, there's a lot of dark stuff going on, but there's a, a sense of fun happening through, throughout the title, uh, which is a tough thing to do from where the, this book you know started from. Uh, yeah, I love seeing these characters. I love the way they're introducing. They introduced uh, who I guess is their version of Martian Manhunter, but he's not quite Martian Manhunter. So uh, we're gonna see what happens with that. But I, I'm really liking that book a lot. So I'm and I'm happy about that too. Because I really didn't like it. before he took it over so Mm. i'm happy about that uh green arrow number 27 uh which is part two of the outsiders war uh just awesome i mean uh, the last i feel like the last five or six issues lemire has got his stride and like we talked about with black widow it 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 doesn't feel like a superhero book you know it feels like it's very specific to the character it feels um it it feels like it it's definitely it's the green arrow but it doesn't feel like it's entrenched in this larger universe it feels like he's it, it's his personal story and he's doing what he has to do uh even katana does show up in this issue as well but this kind of mythos that he's building out for ali and, and you know what his lineage is you know i'm sure that in five years dc will decide that somebody else needs yeah. to reinvent green arrow but it, i'm really really liking what he's doing with the character right now and the art by andrea sorrentino is unbelievably beautiful uh action comics Number 27, Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Th- third issue in a row. Uh, the first issue was the zero issue, uh, the, z- the um, zero-year issue, which was good, but it, I think it was hampered by another past Superman story. These last two issues, though, have been fantastic. Uh, if if you want a Superman book, if you've been looking for a Superman book to read, pick up this book because it is awesome. The art is beautiful. Um the the characterizations of Clark and Superman and uh, Lana Lang have been, you know, some of my some of my favorites of the year so far, this very young year, you know, but this these two issues of action who knows because we're only two issues in, but this feels like in a very different way when I first started reading the Snyder Batman stuff. You know, mm. in a very, very different way, obviously, and he's he's treating it very, very differently, but it is so good. And the way they're dealing with um, Superman's relationship to the world and who he is as a person, and uh, kind of for the first time, I think in the entire New New Fifty Two, especially in action, because I've been reading the Superman book, so I, I can't say anything about that book. But it feels like he's breaking off from the shackles of Superman's got to punch, you know, a big monster, or he's got to fight villains that he's fought before. Because that's what a lot of what we did, especially because the Grant Morrison stuff. He was dealing with. The, the history of superman it was taking place before the new 52 happened so there was a lot of stuff we had we had to redo mm-hmm. this feels like it's moving forward we're going on and it's just awesome i i can't recommend it enough if, you, if you're a superman fan and want to read a superman book uh definitely definitely check it out uh and finally my book of the week and i'm surprised by this <laughs> is detective comics number 27 which is a it was a special mega-sized anniversary issue. I'm reading that quote from yeah. the cover. Uh, it was an $8 book. Um, it's a big book. It's a, it's a big book. Yeah. A lot, a lot yeah. of content <laughs> in the book. And there's stories by uh, Brad Meltzer and Greg Hurwitz, Pete Tomasi, uh, Francesco Francaviglia, uh, Mike Barr, John Lehman and Scott Snyder, and art by Sean Murphy, Jason Fabook, Gillian March, Francesco Francaviglia, Ian Burton, uh, Neil Adams, and Brian Hitch are the artists uh, on, on the book. Uh, there, there's a range of stuff here. Uh, the first story is a sort of reimagining of the first ever Batman story, The Case of the Chemical Syndicate. Um, I've never read that story, so I, I have nothing to compare it to. Uh, it was pretty cool. You know, the art was great, and it was interesting to. I want to go back and read the original story because there's an interesting repetition of phrasing in it that I'm not sure if it's in the original, but if it is, it's a cool way to set up the character for the first time. Uh, The second story, old school, which is Greg Hurwitz writing and Neil Adams on art. It kind of is this thing where it's kind of really taking Batman through different periods of time. Uh, You know, there, uh, there's this kind of very, you know, sixties, seventies art that Neil Uh. is doing. And then it, it, it starts breaking into different eras, you know, and getting more. It gets more. Then it gets into like Frank Millerish stuff, and then it, mm. it it breaks forward from that. The only thing about it is that I don't feel like it closes off the concept uh, in a satisfying way. It stops at Miller, and then it does something very weird at the end, which I it it it, it just. It doesn't work for me how it, it doesn't fulfill the premise. Because reading the first couple pages, like, oh man, this is awesome! I love this kind of story. I love this idea, especially in kind of an anniversary of mm-hmm. who Batman is. It's a cool to take him through the different eras of the way he looked and the art styles and all sort of stuff. Blah blah blah. It did not. Um, it did not deliver. I think on on that premise the way it it, it, it could have. Uh, the next story was uh, Better Days, and that's uh, Pete Tamasi and Ian Bertram. Uh, Also a good story, you know, it it was this, it's this almost, it's almost takes place like after the Dark Knight returns in in, in sort of a way. It's not the same continuity or anything, but it's kind of old Bruce Wayne, it's his birthday, and all of the the Bat family is there. Like Nightwing is there, and Barbara's there, and Tim's there, and Damien is there even in, in, in this story. And they're having a birthday and Alfred's even there. He's super old in a wheelchair with like a mask on and he, uh, they all go out. There's a call. There's a, there's a big, you know, break in and things are happening and they all go flying out and Bruce puts on the suit and sneaks back out and, and fights. And it's a fun, it's a fun story, you know, he, he and it's, it plays on that dark Knight returns thing where he talks about how much it hurts to get out there and stuff like that. It's even worse than this, obviously because he's even older it's a cool little story, you know, and, and, and the art is really, really nice. It's, it's got a little bit of that kind of Chris Burnham uh, look to it. Uh, Hero by Francesco Francavilla is like, is like a one-page uh, story, basically. It's beautiful. It's a couple-page story, but it's a you know, beautiful Francesco Francavilla art. Um, and it's just about Batman saving someone. And, and he ends up it's, – it's a story where I, I guess the idea of it, it's supposed to be the first time he saves someone twice, Oh. because someone says to him thank you for saving my son again and he, and he's kind of taken aback by it uh mm. cool little story um the sacrifice which is um mike barr uh who's obviously a kind of a, a classic batman mm. writer uh is was good it i was I, I guess i kind of wanted more it's it's sort of a uh it's like a it's a wonderful life kind of deal it's he, he kind of the, the Phantom Stranger comes and goes, this is what would happen if your parents hadn't died. And Bruce kind of hates it so much. And it's so horrible for the, for the whole world that he decides to let his parents die so that he can, so that the world can wow. be a better place with him in it. uh, With, oh, the, with a Batman in it. So it's a good story. Uh, Then there is, I'll go to the, I'll go to the, the last story, which is which is 27, which is the Scott Snyder story with Sean Murphy. And it kind of plays heavily... It's very much rooted in kind of the Batman Beyond uh, continuity where if people haven't seen Batman Beyond, the, the idea becomes that Amanda Waller decides that there can never not be a Batman because you just can't be. There's just there's too much wrong in the world. So you find out at a certain point Batman Beyond that Terry McGinnis is made out of the DNA of, of Bruce Wayne. Um, this story kind of takes it to the next level, which is that there's almost, it's almost like they clone, they clone Batman, He wakes up when he's kind of Batman age, uh, 26 or whatever it's going to be. And the last Batman basically tells him what, what's going on and gives him the opportunity to leave. You know, he goes, this is what it is. This is who you are. This is what you're, you're destined to do, you know, for your life until you reach a certain age, you come back down here and then you're done. And then the next one goes up and fights while he's in prime crime fighting age. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you know, and he you know, says, if you decide to stay, and at the, end of the, at the end of his speech about what he has to do, he goes, what do you mean if I decide to stay? He goes, you can go, but go quickly. And he's about to leave, and then there's like a report on the news that goes, you know, a woman, you know, attacked an alley, and he's climbing up, and he he stops, and he looks down, and he gets this look of kind of anger or resolve on his face. And he goes back down the ladder and puts on the suit and goes out because he can't, mm. you know, mm. he can't stop. It's, that's his mission, and he's, he's Bruce Wayne. He's Batman, or even he's a clone, so he's got to go out and do it. Uh, I thought that was a really, really great uh, story. It's sort of sad, you know, just as I can think. Of it, I think the Batman story is sort of sad in general, but it was really cool. And the last text said, um, "Never the end." Cause it was the was yeah. the last was the ending of it? Well, that sort of ties right.
5: into the. Well, you've seen the movie, I'm sure, the Phantom. Yeah, right. which came before Batman, but mm-hmm. there are there are certainly elements of that in Bob Kane's original Batman, you know, the yeah. Phantom Cave, and all the rest of it. So that's a really nice nod to that, too, the whole passing of the torch, that there's a legacy of Batman exactly. to Batman as yeah. the generations move on.
2: Yeah, and Sean Murphy art on that, which is just, it's gorgeous. Um, the one I was really surprised by, and mostly because it's part, I guess it's the, part of the main detective continuity, and something we've been kind of joking about for the last couple of months, is the gothtopia storyline. <laughs> um, I was really surprised by it. So... What it, is gothtopia? This is what it, this, no, the, the, the idea of it is... And we, the thing is, like, you don't quite know because it, it feels like it's an alternate reality story. It feels like it's this utopian Gotham where Batman's a little different. You know, he's called something a little different. There's his his Robin, is Catwoman. She's called Catbird. You know, uh, Batgirl's a little different. Batwoman's a little different. All these characters are a little different. And when you kind of start to find out, it, everything looks really great on the surface, but there's something else going on. There's so, sort of like that. Um, you know like the, the Purple Man character in um, in uh, Marvel where he can kind of mm-hmm. control your mind and kind of yeah. change your alter your perception of reality. You have the feeling that something like that is happening in Gotham right now because people are people are believing this 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 utopia and whenever when anyone sees through the the guys when you tell somebody they react very violently to it. Like they don't they don't want the truth to come out. Uh, so it was interesting to me. It's a three issue arc. And I think it's mm. ending um, Layman's run on Detective before uh, Bucchilato and Pull take over. But it wasn't at all what I expected, and it made me go, "Huh." I think I'm gonna add Detective for the next two months to my pull list because I want to see what happens with this story. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jason Footbook art is really, really nice, and I-, I was really pleasantly surprised by it. If anything else, if nothing else, take away from this, which is a nice collection of stories of Batman stories. That story made me. It make me want to read the past tech stuff, but it made me go, "Hmm, this is a pretty cool idea. I'm gonna see this to the end." So, um, thankfully, you have the nice cover. I do. Yeah, <laughs> I have a very nice
5: cover. Him staring up at the. Yeah, that's a the real symbol. cover. Yeah. not the hideous Frank Miller, the bad one. Frank Miller cover. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I've I was shown a as a parody online with Batman put into the pose. Oh yeah, <laughs> Catwoman is you know on all fours, basically with a leash. Mm-hmm. Obviously Frank Miller is a fan of Spinal Tap Smell the Glove. <laughs> because that's the first thing I thought of. What
2: that's is? really funny. Uh, uh, yeah. It's uh it was not a nice cover. And it's like, like a ten-year-old cover too, because it was, yeah. it, was yeah. a, it was a it was an unreleased variant for All-Star Batman Superman. A Batman oh my and god, I just
4: Googled it. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um but yeah, so that's it for my book of the week. Uh really good strong week for for DC. Uh and I'm actually going to read Batman Detective for the first time since like the first two issues of the new 52, so. Uh, mm-hmm.
5: Batgirl this week is a crossover.
2: I know, I'm gonna, and I get that yeah. book anyway, so I'm uh, excited to see what it, what they do with it. Uh, I have no idea what it's going to be, but is Gail writing it? Yeah. Okay, cool cool that'll be that'll be cool to read then i'm um, i'm excited about she's she's apologized not she likes crossovers but she's
5: apologized that her book keeps getting interrupted right
2: at least they finished that last story right before this one so at least that the she can start fresh whenever whenever this (laughs) thing ends which i guess is it just i think it's just the one just the one so yeah very cool so that's it for the book of the week segment um joey thank you so much for for stopping on by and, and talking some comics with us no thank you um and why don't you tell people where they can they can find you on twitter
4: you can find me at Joey Braccino, J-O-E-Y-B-R-A-C-C-I-N-O.
2: All right, awesome. And make sure you guys uh, check out TalkingComicBooks.com and check out Joey's uh, reviews. He reviews most of the big books that come out. Uh, yeah. So uh, check those out. All right, Joey, thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Have a nice night. All All it right. was good talking to you, Joey. <laughs> yep. All
2: right, bye. All right, All right so we're going to come back on the other side with Michael Duke, and we're going to talk uh, the big news that happened this week in comic books. we are back on the show and as we as you know stephanie and joey have stepped away and mike duke has joined us hello hello mike mike has been writing for the site for how long uh, it's been how long now uh
0: it's been a few months yeah. I, I don't know i haven't looked
2: i feel like it's been like three months or something yeah it like that. about right yeah yeah wow, you get keys to the washroom so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so mike uh how has your experience been so far writing for the site? And, um, tell us a little about your, uh, your comic book background and, and what you like.
0: Um, I mean, writing for the site's been wonderful. It's, it's been great to, to get to do something every week. That's, um, that's writing and also comics. Um, it's just been a lot of fun. And I read comics a lot when I was 14, 15, 16. I was reading a lot of stuff. And then, um, you know, out of high school, I I uh, just couldn't afford it anymore, so kind of skipped out. And then my sons actually started to get old enough that they were starting to get curious about uh, comics again, or you know, about comics. And so that was right around Blackest Night. Mm. And so we started picking up some of those. And then when the New Fifty Two happened, it was really that was kind of my moment where it was like, okay, I'll start picking this stuff up again. So, mm. um, so yeah, it, that brought me back like I, I know it brought a lot of people back. So what
2: yeah, what have been some of your favorite books uh so far? I mean let's just say like last year, what were some of your favorite books?
0: Um I mean well, there's obviously Saga. Um I've been reading Su- Superior Spider Man, been reading um uh let's see, Sheltered has been great, FBP has been great. Um uh, I've re- been really enjoying the the kind of resurgence of Vertigo um vertigo was kind of my big deal when i was a teenager reading that was that was the stuff that i really really loved so um and yeah i don't you know i was looking just the other day and other than batman i think i've i've almost stopped reading dc so
2: it's like oh wow
0: (laughs) um it's almost all marvel and then everything else now so
2: awesome Awesome, very cool. Well, we got a lot of big stories to talk about here, and some books also to talk about that m- might get, might get you excited. So, let's cool. let's uh, let's start off here with probably the the biggest single piece of news
5: that popped out of the comic book world uh, this week, Bob. Well, I got this piece of news in a really weird way. In that Sunday morning, it's like seven o'clock. I go to the grocery store. You buy the milk and the eggs and the papers. And I sit down with a cup of coffee and an onion roll and flip open the Daily News. And on page three (laughs) is a giant story about the new Amazing Spider-Man number one and the return of Peter Parker. (laughs) say, wow, we've all made it. I mean, there's there's news here. So for (laughs) people who've been living under a rock even more than I do, in April, Dan Slott and Humberto Ramos are bringing back Peter Parker as the Amazing Spider-Man. The Daily News had this because apparently he let it slip to Andrew Garfield on the set of the movie. (laughs) That Andrew Garfield was sort of, well, Peter, right? Hmm. Peter's coming back, isn't he? (laughs) And he just finally couldn't lie to him anymore because he had said, the hardest thing I've had to do is to look small children in the eye at a convention and lie to them. (laughs) One of them with an honest to God Little League uniform and a quivering lip (laughs) Uh, inside part of me was dying. (laughs) You know Poor Dan Slott's been getting death threats over this when it was pretty obvious that somewhere Mm -hmm. down the road this was going to have to happen. As he says here in the article, he did, however, cave under the pressure when he met Andrew Garfield, so on, so on, so forth. Uh, Parker's coming back was just, you know, a fait accompli. People Mm -hmm. thought that that we'd bring Peter back in a year's time or right before the the next Spider-Man movie. Everyone was so savvy with how all this works, that I thought the best way to keep people off their game was to just put that card on the table right from the get-go. You're all so sure it was coming. Well, here it is. But if you think you know what's going wrong, well, get ready to be wrong. <laughs> so, what do you guys think? Obviously, it's it's the biggest biggest news of the year so far. It's only two weeks in. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't, Mike. Are you Mike? Are you a superior Spider-Man reader?
0: I am. I actually I wasn't reading before seven hundred. Okay. Um, i i just i started picking it up. I think it was the arc that led up to seven hundred was when I started picking it up and then i 've been reading um superior and i've i 've really been jo- enjoying it um so i'm i mean it, I think we all knew that Peter was going to come back and and I was one of those where it was like well obviously he 's going to come back right around when the movie comes out
7: mm-hmm.
0: um so uh, it 's not a surprise uh what will be interesting to me is whether my interest continues after Otto's gone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, after all of that has, has, has resolved itself. But, um, I don't know with Humberto Ramos arts, they, that's, uh, it's really tempting.
2: Yeah. The, the interesting about this, like this to me is, yeah, we all knew he was coming back. It was going to happen. And I, that's why I thought always that the, the death threats and the and the craziness was was even more insane than it, than the level in, the level yeah. of huge insanity he already was because it's obviously not going to stick. He's one of the he's the Mickey Mouse of Marvel. He's not going to disappear, you know, f- forever. Uh, and after having seen Cap, Superman, yeah. Batman, yeah, uh, please, yeah, it's nice, you know. But what Danslaw did for a year plus now is he's he shook up the the biggest character at the company in a really interesting way. Um, the book, for all people 's belly and complaining the book sold better than it had been selling as amazing when it was superior um and it it, it introduced a whole nother wrinkle to to the universe and also what it did it made people really miss a character who had been there you know for yeah. fifty years or or, or whatever it, it when he comes back it's going to be a really really big deal that couldn't have been that way if, if this year hadn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the the year that he did with Otto has been really fun, and, and I, I think very well written, and an engaging engaging series. Now we don't know what's happening with Superior yet. It, yeah. It's sticking around. We, there, there's no. It doesn't seem there's any plan to cancel Superior. So whether or not he'll be writing, Slot will be writing one issue of Amazing Spider Man and one issue of Superior, um, double in, in a month, or someone else will be taking Superior, and he'll just be writing Amazing right. once a month because he's now writing Surfer, uh,
5: obviously monthly. Who, who knows? Um, well, they, he had said at the panel when they were discussing all that, he didn't even really want the surfer. He just mm. sort of pitched it as a doofy idea, and it was, well, how am I going to do all this? Right, yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sort it out. But what will happen to those tie-in books if Superior does disappear? Is yeah. still up in the air.
2: Yeah, they'll probably rename them or, or, or something, mm-hmm. just like they named. But the only thing is, like, they just renamed Avenging Spider-Man to Superior Spider-Man Team-Up. So I don't know if... There, where they would just jettison Spear right away because they were also giving Superior a twenty four, you know, a point now issue uh, in the All New Marvel Now. So, I think it still has some legs underneath it. There's all sorts of rumors about Will Matt Fraction. Maybe that's the book that Matt Fraction is taking over and why he's kind of dropped off all these other books. There's a rumor that it will it will be a a, you know um, a a Peter David book about um, Miguel. Uh, as Spider-Man 2099, all these other rumors. Um, the, yeah. o- the only thing for me is that I'm not sure, not sure, but it's a number one and it's great. Like I, I Peter coming back is fantastic. I'll keep reading it. Dan Slott is a great writer and he writes Spider-Man beautifully. And Berto Ramos is a great artist. He's the Spider-Man artist. You know, it's just him and Stegman have kind of been volleying back and forth uh, all year and he was doing amazing with uh, Slott before. So that part doesn't excite me so much just because it just feels like we're just going back to the way it was, which is not a bad thing, but it doesn't necessarily have that initial um, excitement for me. I don't know, Mike, uh, I think you were kind of alluding to that with with whether you're yeah, excited I mean, about this or not.
0: Well, like I said, I wasn't collecting it before, and and from what I've heard of it, it sounded like it was kind of waning up to the the, the story arc that, that put Otto in in mm-hmm. Peter, but... Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll definitely give it a few issues and and make sure that it's, you know, that it's something that I either want to read or don't. But, but yeah, I think that's the concern is that, okay, so are we going to go back to the status quo or not? I mean, you know, and until you just mentioned it, I had completely forgotten that Miguel is now in this universe, and I'm a huge 2099 fan, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would love to see a, a Miguel book again, especially mm-hmm. written by Peter David. So
2: yeah, absolutely, and he's mm-hmm. been kind of um, circling, you know, he he had the, that arc, and then he popped up again. I believe in the last issue of, of Superior uh, that has come out. So I think I believe there's a new one coming out this week. Actually, uh, it'll be out. Well, if you guys are listening to this, so we'll see. You know, this is this, this continuing thing about comic books and, and the way that they do their thing. There, there's no other medium in the entire world where you know the end of a story three months before it happens. It right. just never happens. So I, I have to imagine slots a smart guy that if the ending is 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 being foretold to people already, that he's going to do some surprising things in the lead up and in the aftermath to what well, happens. Well, as
5: he's saying, people who think they have it all guessed out are wrong. Yeah. There are interesting rumors abounding. One might be more than that, and there's an infinite comic Spider-Man, mm-hmm. which is Joshua Hale Fialcoff and yeah. Juan Bobillo. <laughs> and in that one, apparently they're... they're showing pages where Peter is caught robbing a bank mm-hmm. and doesn't know who he is. Mm. So yeah, are I we, that today too. Yeah, mm-hmm. are, are we into that sort of situation? Now, we had some of that with, you know, Carol Danvers losing her personality, but mm-hmm. she knew who she was, at least. Yeah. This is somewhere altogether different. It does make logical sense if his brain wasn't there. Uh, there was a rumor about Otto becoming the new Venom. Mm-hmm yeah which might save his ravaged body, yeah, which was who, where i don't know where the, where is that at this point do we yeah, I think it's i don't know, I have no idea <laughs> yeah see there yeah. you go, and the craziest one I heard today, which i think was on burn robotics actually, that peter's brain this is <laughs> uh, this could not be <laughs> at all, but I like it, I <laughs> like this, so I'm going with it you like the craziness of I it. like the craziness of this yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter's brain, you know, otto got rid of it and mm-hmm. it was floating around somewhere it has actually been put inside Norman Osborn <laughs> by Madame Webb for safekeeping. <laughs> so Norman yeah. wakes from his coma during this whole Goblin Island thing or Goblin Nation, whatever it is, but it's Peter inside the Green Goblin. Interesting. So that's why Peter wouldn't have memories. It ties in all these yeah, things. Yeah. Now, this could be the world's worst board game we're playing here. <laughs> you know, move, move Peter's brain around to mm-hmm. the various rooms. You know, Colonel yeah. mustard in the brain with the knife or whatever mm-hmm. i think it's fascinating that we will be able to do this for at least two months until these uh the previews yeah. start to come out
2: yeah we will see what happens it's going to be interesting but it's uh it's been funny how it's it's really felt like i feel like the people have been pressing him since the day that it happened or the day that the changeover happened mm-hmm. and now that dam finally broke and all, all yeah. this stuff is going on no. but
5: i'd like to close with this he said this to the daily news Peter's coming back just in time. Fancy that for a major Spider-Man motion picture. (laughs) It seems uncanny. It was very nice of Sony to schedule a movie around my comics.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, He's swipping like mad in this (laughs) article.
5: um, Iron Iron Fist? Uh, Let's talk about Iron Fist, yeah. Uh, I'm going to blow this fella's name tremendously. Uh, Kare Andrews?
2: K-A-R-E? It's either Kyrie or Kare. Either Um, one of those two.
5: He's writer artist on this new Iron Fist series. Yeah. He's been doing movies mm-hmm. yeah. including The ABCs of Death, which yeah. is a really fun little <laughs> anthology. He did V mm-hmm. in case anyone's looking for him. And Spider-Man Rain was his?
2: Yeah, Spider-Man Reign is it's a good it's a good series. And
5: here apparently uh, Iron Fist who we last saw during AVX mm-hmm. Is going back off into Kunlun to retrain to get mm. himself back together after I guess the world-shattering events and whatever, and it turns into a vengeance story. He's describing as as much as he loved the Fraction stuff and, mm. and was it Brubaker, Brubaker, and yeah, Brubaker Fraction. Yeah, he went all the way back to Marvel Premiere and mm. was looking at the the what he described as the crazy Roy Thomas Gil Kane mm-hmm. originals where. He's not doing some kung fu movie homage. He, it's about vengeance and you know Danny Rand's father being murdered and pulled into pieces and all the rest of it. There's going to be a pretty violent, grown-up sort of book, which mm-hmm. is a, a neat way to take this character. It's it's very different.
2: I wanted to ask you about that especially because my only uh, exposure to the character is the Brubaker fraction Aja run, which is is serious, but it, it's it's it doesn't sound like this and obviously the fraction defender stuff where it's he's very silly yeah. you know uh so what how do you feel about this uh this turn for the character but, or this or going back to the character this way how do you feel about this iteration of the character
5: he was very serious mm. it, marvel followed some trends some movie trends in the early 70s they did black exploitation with luke cage obviously and the kung fu thing with shang chai mm. and danny rand you know in this case you, you argue respecting the roots of it, taking it into where we are in the 2000s, you can show more than they could. The comics code was still in effect, if not Mm. crazy nutty the way it had been. You'll be able to show a lot more terribly violent things. Mm. He does some terrible things. He does have a fist like onto a thing of iron and can punch through (laughs) someone's chest, which is how he ended up dead at one point. Mm -hmm. It is the right thing to do in this day and age to make this character work. I think if you try to make it bloodless and silly and just light fun, you won't be able to pair him back away with anybody else. It just isn't going to work. So having that edge to him, let him recapture that. And then you can move off that if Mm. you need to. And I think that's going to work very well.
2: Yeah. You need, you need the, you need the right, the right writer to do the character that way and make it acceptable. I mean, the the more, the lighter way, but, uh, and it's, I mean, there's no, no doubt. There's no, like we talk about the Dan Slott thing. They're making an Iron Fist TV show. So there was no doubt there was going to be an Iron Fist a book. Yeah. Uh, Mike, are you, are you a fan of Iron Fist? Are you excited about this series?
0: I haven't read a whole lot of Iron Fist. I mean, I read some during the, that last event. And then, um, he's popped up in Deadpool a couple of times. And, okay. uh, I read, I did read a little bit of that, that fraction, uh, Defenders run. So, mm it's not a character I'm hugely familiar with, but I'm interested in the book. Um, I've seen some of Carrie Andrew's stuff before and um, I don't know. It always makes me nervous when you, somebody's writing and drawing a book, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think it'll be, it's one of the, the, the new run of books at Marvel that I am actually interested in that I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure about the violent take. I mean, his character that I've seen thus far seems the more sarcastic, the more um, witty, banter type of, of character. But again, I don't, I don't know the history of him very well. So.
5: No, he was generally, particularly in the Power Man Iron Fist days, was more the fish out of water, mm-hmm. where he was Luke's foil. Mm. as the guy who had lots of money and very smart fellow, but was not in tune with what the rest of the world was doing, mm-hmm. having grown up in some mystic city right. a yeah. half a world away.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, we get to play with interesting things there, and I, I feel like there are some, they're not exactly paralleled, but there's some parallels between uh, kind of who Danny Rand is and who kind of Oliver Queen is in in, in some mm-hmm. ways, you know, just in um, falling into that kind of, even you know, in, from from a, a place where they had to become this person into this world where they're this rich guy who has to, you know, adjust to the world and stuff like that. I think there's some parallels there to be drawn, but I'm definitely excited about it. You know, I'm like I said, my, my exposure comes from that fraction stuff. So this is not the version of the character that I was expecting to see here, but I'm still really excited to see what we get out of it. Cause I just love the idea of him. So I want to see more of him.
5: Yeah. No, he was one of the highlights of AVX. Mm, yeah. Really was. Mm-hmm. And mostly mixed bag. His character yeah. stood out. Yeah. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Abs- yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely true. Um, Should we go for dupe? Uh,
2: <laughs> let's hop over. I'll do, do a little DC news oh, before okay. we get right over there. Uh, we got the announcement this week. Finally, we knew that Brian Bucciolato and Francis Menopole were moving off the Flash to Detective, but we had not heard about who was replacing them uh, until this week. And we learned that Robert Venditti and Van Jensen, who write Green Lantern Corps, Robert Venditti also writes Green Lantern, and he writes Exo Man of War, um, uh, will be taking over writing duties, and Brett Booth will be taking over uh, drawing duties, which which is fine. The 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 biggest news of all of this is that they announced that Wally West will mm. be making his first appearance in the New Fifty Two, coming in Flash Annual uh, number three, I believe is what it is. Yeah, Flash Annual number three. Uh, they released a cover image of a kind of blue-clad figure with lightning all over him, running hmm. uh, through what looks like a time stream or something like that. More impulse than Kid Flash. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So we're not sh- we, again. We have no, we have no um, con- context for what Wally's going to be or where he's coming from or wh- where he's been or how he relates to any of these people, um, but. As a big Wally West fan, I am excited that they're they're finally bringing him back into the into the the fray. And it seems like this is the year of them finally listening to all the people calling for those characters to come back. We are going to yeah. have um, oh my god, her name Stephanie is Brown. Stephanie Brown back, and we're having Wally West back. Uh, I mean, I'm excited. I know I know Bob as a is not a reader anymore, but as a you know, Wally West has been around for a long time in, in the Flash world. Uh, what do you think about Wally West coming back into the fray here? It's perfect.
5: Yeah. It, it was, he was never the sidekick in the same way that Robin was, mm-hmm. but he was someone that Barry could confide in. There was something else going on that he was Iris's nephew, as mm-hmm. I recall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is Iris in the new 52? She is. They're not together. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. tell me things like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So maybe this is the avenue they get together. Yeah. Maybe. Absolutely. No, and we have the titans without wally at this point right yes absolutely yeah yeah see he's got to be back they have a kid flash i mean they have
2: bart so they have Im- basically impulse is in the is in the titans it, it, but it's, it's, not, the no, no, it's no, not the same that's no no that's not right
5: <laughs> that's just not right no it, you, you need to next is aquilad i guess We're yeah gonna no, that's Aqualad. True, we got to yeah. get that together and donna troy and let's let's go for the get the band back together
2: absolutely with well, the funny thing about wally he's part of this group of of characters and i guess there. are I guess they call it like legacy characters, legacy versions of heroes that are are more popular to a certain generation that, that, than, sure. than than the originals. John
5: Stewart, John right? Stewart
2: and Wally West, because of that cartoon, t- to me and to like, a lot of people my age, I think those are the that, that's the Flash and that's the Green Lantern. So it's been interesting to see them. Um, obviously, John Stewart is in the universe, but to see them pull back on those and push the The originals uh, a lot lately, and I think a lot of it has to do with the upper ups there. I think Jeff Johns loves the original all original versions of those characters, which are great too. But it's cool that he's finally back in the universe. Mike, I don't know if you're a if you're a Flash fan or anything, or if you have anything you want to say about this. But um, I've been reading
0: the the new Fifty Two Flash, mm-hmm. and um, I, I kind of dropped off around the Gorilla Garage stuff and then picked back up. But um, you know. <sighs> I don't know Wally West. I mean, right. I, I, to me, the character is Barry Allen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, but, you know, adding characters, taking away characters has never really bothered me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the trouble I have with this book is that the, was, is the missing Manipal and, and right. I mean, it's the design of that book when it originally came out was so was so different and interesting that and i i i've had a really hard time with the the writing that Ben Didi's done so far. I haven't really enjoyed it. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> we'll have to see how it goes, but
2: Yeah. Uh well, that being said, are you, are you going to be are you going to start picking up Detective once uh Booch and Manipole move over there? I might have to. I mean,
0: um you know, Detective's one that I think I got the first like four issues when when the, the reboot hit and it just really didn't do much for me. So, um, yeah, those but, are four
2: really bad issues, that's what yeah, I'm right. <laughs> Um,
0: but Manipal and, and Bucciolato on, on Batman, that's something else. I might have to do that.
2: Yeah. I am, I am intrigued to say, ladies, about how they're, I, I, I can see how their style fits in with the flash and Manipal was doing the flash even before the reboot, um, at times with, with John's, mm-hmm. but th- their, 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 style is so, uh, it's so colorful. You know, and right. warm. I, I'm very, very interested to see what they do with Batman, and and how they transfer their style to that that, that more that bleaker, darker, um, b- you know, blacker style th- than this kind of warm watercolor style that that uh, Menopole, you know, uses and Butch lot uses because he's the colorist, use on the Flash.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it, it will definitely be interesting. Yeah. Ha- we'll have to see whether it's whether it's good or not. It'll
2: definitely make me pick it up. That's for sure. Yeah, right. So th- that's that's one thing. Um, let's hop back over to Marvel, pal. What, what are you talking about here? Sure. Well,
5: I started to say something about Dupe, yes. which I know very little about, so I need some help here. But <laughs> what we have is Peter Milligan and David LaFuente starting a five-issue limited series mm-hmm. in April about Dupe, which is apparently a Kitty and Dupe story, <laughs> which oh, wow. really seems like an odd couple if there ever was one. Yeah apparently getting into his motivations, why he's wandering around chronicling what she's doing. And yeah. we learn about the two of them through that.
2: Yeah. And it's apparently going to be, mm. it's going to be kind of where he was during, uh, battle. battle of the Adam. Adam and stuff like that. Um, my experience with dupe is very small. Like, uh, I conceptually love the idea of the character. I love that Mike Allred uh, illustrated Wolverine, the X-Men that yeah, featured dupe. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, and Steve has been reading Ecstatics and really loving it. And actually, I have the first trade of the Milligan All Red X-Force uh, that I'm going to check out. I, I, the, my favorite thing about this announcement is I love the fact that it's a five-issue limited series. Yes. It means we're going to get all of it. We're going to see everything they want us to see. They're not putting this undue pressure on, on trying to make an ongoing series about the character while still capitalizing on the fact that the character has been being talked about quite a bit in the i think in the last couple of years since that issue came out so i think it's the perfect way and you get the original writer uh you know on in, into the into the fray if it was all red, obviously it would put it over the top it's not but that that that's just a slight a slight ding against it but i think it's going to be a, a cool thing to, to to check out i mean mike are you are you a dupe fan um
0: i i am a dupe fan but in the same concept context i think that you are um I've only read the stuff that was in uh, Wolverine and the X Men, but mm. I absolutely loved it. I mean, he was it was hilarious, um, and I'm glad I, I hadn't heard that it was a limited series before. So I'm, that that makes me really happy, because uh, again, having him in a in a, a continuing series just seems like way too much. But and I, I'm in that same boat. I have I've picked up that first graphic of the Milligan All Red X Force. You know, and i I got it at like a sale, and I just haven't gotten into it yet, so mm-hmm. um but yeah, I'm really really, really excited about that one mm-hmm. that that was one that that put a smile on my face when I saw the yeah when I saw the news
2: yeah, absolutely I mean Bob what, you say you don't know much about them either no, what do you think about this? I'll look at it
5: in the store and see <laughs> where we're headed again, a limited series, great, you get a taste of it, mm-hmm. if it works, you could do another one, yeah just move on a year from now or six months and just keep doing it. You don't want it to turn into forty seven dupe books right. No, no. I'm sure people love Deadpool. But there's yeah. a lot of Deadpool out right yeah. now. you can overdose. Yeah, no, I think it's a good idea.
2: It's it's yeah. a very good idea. And yeah, um, I, I, w- I was very excited about about that announcement. Um, another uh, book that got announced this week, uh, or this, yeah, I guess it was in the last seven days. Um, Sinestro is getting his own uh, series. Uh, speaking of uh, Deadpool, um, Deadpool mini series writer Colin Bunn who also wrote Fearless Defenders is writing it with illustrated by Dale um, Eaglesham uh, who drew this the villain's month or well, one shot with, with Sinestro uh, a couple of months ago for, for DC uh, I'm, I'm people who listen to the show know there no secret that how much i love the character of Sinestro and i uh, and i love Colin Bunn i think that he is a fantastic writer and i think Sinestro is i don't i don't generally get excited about villains books because I think that they often either they neuter the villain to make him more relatable or he's just a bad guy. And that's cool when you're reading a book with a hero in it, but it's the villain. It doesn't interest me. There's no back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no shades. Snester was one of the few villains I think that can support his own book. And I think that delving into that, that psyche and, with a character who really believes that he's right in the, in the things that he's doing um, and generally wants to save the world and save the universe, I think it'd be a really cool way to go. Uh, it, we'll have to see what happens, see if, if if it can sustain itself for an ongoing series, if he loses that mystique by being the main character, because that could happen. But when Johns was writing him as the main character of the Green Lantern book uh, at the relaunch, it was still very interesting and cool to read so um mike are what do you think about this
0: i'm excited i I, this is one i hadn't heard yet so Mm -hmm. um the uh i've actually fallen completely away from all the green lantern stuff right now the i was into the new 52 and then after that last event i just i i set it all aside so Mm -hmm. um but sinestro was the highlight I think of the new Fifty Two Green Lantern. I mean, you know, Hal's Hal, but Sinestro was what made that book fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And for him to have a his own series, and ab, and for Cullen Bunn to be writing it, I'm I'm there. I'm in.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
5: Yeah, but what do you think of villain books in general? They generally don't sustain only because, as you say, eventually he's boring mm-hmm. because his plots continually fail. Yeah. Or they're not big enough mm-hmm. to, to carry the story forward. In the history of comics, villains books that have worked, Tomb of Dracula, mm-hmm. uh, Catwoman, I guess you can call her a villain You're here right. and there, but Submariner was an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that miniseries, yes. Have the Thunderbolts in their original conception over the first couple of years where they were you know, run by Baron Zemo. spoiler alert for a 15-year-old book, (laughs) but you you end up in a situation where eventually the stories run out. Unless you have an operatic villain who, as you say, believes he's right, so he's not acting villainously, but heroically, just his mindset is different than ours. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying this has worked so far, Cullen proven he can write oddball characters. So a villain as a lead is about as oddball as you can get in the history of (laughs) comics, so why not? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's let's bounce back to Marvel here. I love this one that I saw this afternoon, <laughs> about 10 minutes before I got yeah. here. Marvel doing one of their one-word announcements. This word was bamf. <laughs> yeah. And it's apparently Chris Claremont and Todd Nock. Todd Nock. 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 It's Very uh, Germanic, <laughs> who did Young Justice speculation is obviously this with Claremont on board, it's Nightcrawler. Yeah. who's just been reintroduced in Amazing X-Men. I'm on board for this <laughs> now. I want it now. I want it yesterday. <laughs> I want it last week. <laughs> Nightcrawler was the star of X-Men before it became Wolverine and the X-Men mm-hmm. all those years ago after, after Byrne left, really, which is interesting because Byrne was the Canadian. <laughs> and he is tortured and yet funny- about his situation but in those moments where he's understanding the position he's in it, it is really truly sad mm. and wonderful and touching and all those other sort of things and then he just brightens back up again mm. he's a swashbuckler a, a true hero in whether it's been Excalibur or X-Men great personnel in Kurt Wagner I'm really looking forward to this one
2: do you think it's going to be a mini series or an ongoing
5: a Let's say limited series. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's twelve. Right. I, I can't imagine it. Chris Claremont at this point taking on mm. this is an ongoing. He doesn't do much in that vein anymore. He does, right. you know, personal projects. Mm. Love it if it was. Yeah,
2: yeah. We need to repost your interview from New York Comic Con. So yes, people, we should
5: go listen to it. Uh, I wish I had not. I would have asked him this question.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He was keeping it under wraps. Uh, Mike, w- w- what do you think about this? I'm.
5: You know,
0: Amazing, I, I read the first issue of Amazing, and it didn't excite me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't hook me. And Nightcrawler's always been one of those characters that I feel like I missed out. I You know, I missed the bus somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know that there's good Nightcrawler stuff out there. I just, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to see Nightcrawler done well. Mm. And I think if anybody can, obviously it's Claremont. Um I'm interested. You know, I, I'm I'm really big into the X-Men, so you know, any new X Men book, I'm probably gonna at least pick up the first one anyway.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: But Claremont back on the X Men, I I was probably gonna be there anyway. Yeah. Right. Um But yeah, I I would just I would really like to see something that's that's good Nightcrawler.
5: Mike, let me tell you this. Beyond reading the first, well, you know, 94 to 150, mm-hmm. you know, those X-Men, do yourself a favor and pick up early Excalibur. Either, okay. either the Alan Davis, where he wrote Andrew it, or the Claremont Davis ones. It's Captain Britain and Megan and you know, Kitty and Kurt and fun and screwy and science fiction and time travel and all sorts of crazy stuff. And that... it. Maybe even more than X Men, that's the that's the Nightcrawler stories you want to read. Hmm. Great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited. You know, I, it's cool. I get to read a Nightcrawler book. The thing I'm more jazzed about is that there's a new. I can read a Chris Claremont book and not have to go back to the past. I can read something new, and I feel like that will ignite my passion to go back mm-hmm. and read the old stuff more. Right. Because that's usually what happens. It's usually that passion for the 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 older and the, and the classic stuff usually comes when I read something new about a character or from an author. It makes me want to go back and read all the stuff they did before. So I'm hoping that's what happens when I read this this series or mini series or a limited series uh, from Mister Claremont. Um,
5: so it wasn't my interview that would do anything for you. Damn, <laughs> damn.
2: Let's uh let's jump. Uh, we're in the middle here. Let's jump to the image stuff because wow. there's just so much of it. We we need to we need to get through. Uh, Some of it Some huge So Image Expo happened Stephanie was talking about it earlier And at their keynote address They basically spent An hour and a half Announcing books Um, We got We got details On some books We already knew about Uh, Robert Kirkman did a big thing About Invincible uh, Number 111 Which he called Three number ones in one (laughs) Um, And it's a big change In direction for the series It also marks I can't remember the guy's name I can't remember his name right now The artist of Invincible It's his 100th issue Of the book Hmm. 100th issue straight so that's pretty um, pretty impressive. Um, uh, Ryan Otley, that's his name. Uh, he also talked a little bit more about Outcast, which is his new book uh, with, I, can't, I don't know how to say his name, Paul Assetta. I'm going to say that's Sounds how you say good. his name. Um, and he's saying, you know, it's it's really messed up and it's, it's you know, everything you want to do in a horror book uh, put into it. He really wants to scare people. Um, and the first issue is going to be 40 pages and it's going to be $2.99 which he said he made fun of Brian K. Vaughn for doing with Saga. And now he's copying him and doing it himself. But when he talked about Outcast, he said, um, uh, oh, oh, so I said I was talking about it. He goes, it's not quite like The Walking Dead. And Kirkman like, interrupted him and said, it's exactly like The Walking Dead. Please make sure you buy just as much as, of it as The Walking Dead, <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. Um, he also talked about a, a, a Tech Jacket, which is um, a book that's coming out from um, uh, Joe Keating. Uh, which I don't, know, I don't know a lot about, uh, so uh, I, I, I don't want to speak too much on it. Um, he talks about the new book from Brandon Graham, who's working on a project called Eight House. Uh, it's him collaborating with a huge amount of people to make a shared universe, a magic fantasy thing, about these eight magical houses that control everything. He says there are all these magic wars going on, including the bodies of Cthulhu monsters in space. Uh, contributors, to Eight House will, will include uh, Marion Churchland and Pretty Deadly artist Emma Rios, who will write a story. So does that get you interested, in bugs? I know sure. you love uh, Emma and Cthulhu. I know. Well, if you hear Cthulhu, you just yeah, your 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 ears perk up automatically.
5: Yeah, they're my tentacles.
2: Yeah, um, and Mike, if you hear something that I mentioned that you want to talk about, just interject, okay? Okay.
0: Um I mean, it, I think the only thing that it, that you've mentioned so far is just, is eight, the eight house that mm-hmm. seems like a really interesting idea to me. That this sort of curated uh, anthology book, mm-hmm. um, I think, sounds. Sounds really interesting, and I think if they can get some good creators in there, it, it could be very cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it it plays on th- also things that are popular now. It has you feel like the Game of Thronesness in it, and mm. and stuff like that. Um, Brandon Graham is a is a is a weird guy. <laughs> He's an interesting writer. So I don't know how that stuff translates to to this work, but if you read his um, I can't remember the name of the thing the, the warheads, the uh, multiple warhead stuff is really strange. So uh, I'll, I'll bring the sensibility to this, but we'll have to see. Uh, Joshua Williamson uh, was next, and he his new book, he's the writer of Ghost, by the way, he's doing a book called Nailbiter, um, featuring a serial killer named Edward Charles Warren who eats his victim's nails. The series takes place in a small town in Oregon where 16 of the worst serial killers all hail from. and involves a police investigation as to why that that's the case. Um, Nailbiter debuts in May, drawn by Mike Henderson. Um... It sounds really weird and de- and and gross. Twin Peaksy. Twin Peaksy, uh, but Tera- I...
0: terrifying image too.
2: Oh yeah, the, the the cover yeah, that they the put out. The cover image. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. I'm really interested in it. I've really liked Ghosted, and Ghosted is a little bit more tongue in cheek, and it's a little bit more, I guess, uh, panache to it. This feels more like a straight horror book, but I love the idea of the 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 mythological idea of it. Right the the, the, the town the I love the Midwestern, the the Northwestern town with the mm-hmm. weird history thing. And I just, I think it's a great, a great way to go. Cause it, to anybody except people who live there, it's kind of a very, uh, foreign place almost, even though it's, it, it's, it's in our own country. If you're from America, sure. you know, it feels like it's very out of the way. It, 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 you believe that there could be weird stuff that happens there that nobody ever knows about and I think it harkens back, obviously, to Twin Peaks and to the kind of X-Files and all that kind of stuff, and so I think that's a cool way to go. Um, uh, Shadow Line Chief Jim Valentino announced Ted McKeever's next project, which is the superannuated man. Um, He calls it equally weird to McKeever's past work. McKeever did that Miniature Jesus miniseries this past year, Um, so I'm sure it'll be strange and probably not up my alley because that Miniature Jesus book was not either um the next uh, the next announcement i was very excited for uh rick remender uh, who is writing black science right now and deadly class for image he's got another book in image called low which is illustrated by greg Ticini, who worked with remender on uncanny x-force and the last american crime last days of american crime um they've been working on low for about three and a half years and the book is set in the very distant future when all hope is lost and there are only a few cities left a probe crash lands on the surface potentially with the solution they're looking for an, inha- an inhabitable world in, 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 in an inhabitable world <laughs> the story is slated to unfold in about 60 issues and debut in July Remender calls it aquatic sci-fi fantasy Stevenson tells the crowd Lo will be your new favorite comic hmm. um, Mike are you a, a Remender fan does this interest you at all I, you know, I've been flopping back and forth on Remender a lot.
0: Um, I loved uncanny X-Force, but, um, there's a couple like Captain America. I haven't been able to, to hang on to. Uh, um,
5: so feeling well.
7: <laughs>
0: I'm interested. Um, I think him with the, the sort of shackles off, uh, is interesting, especially in, in that sort of super sci-fi, uh, setting. So it'll be something definitely interesting that the 60 issues sort of terrifies me a little bit, but, but, you know, hey, if you can plan for the five-year run, I guess, go right on ahead. Yeah.
5: (laughs) Now, I think so many of these things, it's my own little dopey personal theory, they seem to read much better as novels. Mm -hmm. Because I have the funny feeling, as opposed to monthly books, they are written as complete stories and then sort of arbitrarily broken up Mm, with artificial... climax is thrown in every now and Mm -hmm. again and when i read some of these things in trade the first Fatal trade i couldn't put down Mm -hmm. and the first issue when i didn't put it down and went to pick up the second was oh it's all right but (laughs) as as a wow as a literal page turner couldn't put the thing down just want to read right and keep reading more so 60 issues that's an omnibus (laughs) yeah you're into one of those things where don't put it in your lap you'll never have kids
2: yeah (laughs) uh the first couple issues of black science have been fantastic so and this seems sort of in that same milieu you know that, that mm-hmm. super sci-fi like mike was saying uh i have no idea what aquatic sci-fi fantasy is but we'll have to see that's uh, the wake yeah yeah
0: that's that's what i thought of too was the wake
2: yeah uh we will see we will see but i i think remember like you said mike when it, the shackles are off i think I, I i is a great great writer um next up matt fraction uh so he's doing a book we heard about this already mm-hmm. i believe at comic-con at san diego they announced this i think it was san diego uh odyssey he told us about it didn't he I... whoa oh ha the music is playing <laughs> <laughs> i forgot to mute it oh, sorry there we go no one will hear that it's okay people are like what are you talking about music <laughs> uh, <laughs> i was like well they're playing us out bob yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, was this is the Golden Globes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a retelling of the Odyssey, um, one that takes place in space, and all the men are women, and all the women are men. Um, he's doing it with Christian Ward. Uh, the, uh, he made two announcements. The other announcement was that Casanova uh, is coming back, and it's coming back to Image, so it's going from Marvel's creator-owned Icon line back to its original home at Image. And Image also is going to re um, reissue. The uh, first volumes, the original volumes, oh. as in in Fraction's words, fancy ass hardcovers. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, so, uh, Bob, what do you think about the Fraction Odyssey thing? I love Greek mythology. Mm. Read that back in you know the seventies. Mm. Taking a new spin on it is always interesting. Sci-fi would be one thing. Mm. Gender swapping it over, mm. hysterical. I yeah. mean, the art looks really quirky. Yeah which certainly helps it if you i think if you went too realistic with this it, it may not play as well but it's just looks nuts frankly is the only way i can say it i'll be there it does look nuts
2: uh i am i'm actually more excited that the re-releases of casanova because it's a book i've always wanted to read that i haven't and now that they're putting it back out with a new volume it will it'll inspire me to to read it again i mean mike are, are you a fan of fraction and what do you think about these announcements
0: i am i 'm a big fan, uh, fraction fan, and these are obvi- honestly the uh, the two announcements that excited me the most um, odyssey is is right up my alley it 's just the kind of thing that I love um, taking those the old stories and recontextualizing them like that i i 'm more than on board for this mm-hmm. and i 'm um, a huge Casanova fan too I, uh, That was one of the things that got me back into comics mm-hmm. was um, I, I picked up some Casanova issues and, and it, it was like, oh look, they're still weird. <laughs> <laughs> there's still weird stuff out there. So uh, um and but Casanova's amazing. If you haven't if you haven't read it yet, it's it's wonderful. What's stuff. the
5: premise? I have no clue.
0: Um Casanova, I cannot remember his last name or his first name, but his name is Casanova, he's like a secret agent. Um but it's it's sci-fi. There's a lot of time travel, there's a lot of um, jumping around in your own timeline that type of deal it's mm. it's it's very it's very weird but it's you know it's like a James Bond sci-fi type of deal
2: mm.
0: um it's Perfect. it's good stuff
2: It sounds fraction weird. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. it's
0: it's very <laughs> fraction weird.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um next up uh second the se- the second part of Team Fraction uh took the stage yeah. uh Kelly Sutoconic to talk about her new book uh called Bitch Planet From Image Which she jokes As an example Of steering into the curve The cover text reads Girls Girl gangs Caged and enraged uh, Valentine De- Delandro Is the artist uh, She said This is born Of a deep And abiding love For exploitation And a woman In prison movies Of the 1960s And 1970s I like this stuff so much and it's so terrible. It's so deeply awful and delicious like those candies that are bad for you. Um, DeConnick says she wanted to play up what she loved about the genre while also confronting what made her uncomfortable about it. How do I do the obligatory shower scene? DeConnick says she's hoping the book will be out by the summer but definitely by the fall. Um, So Bob,
5: how do you feel about this? I've been sitting on this for a year. (laughs) Known about this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. It is hysterical. Mm -hmm. We exchange some letters here and mm-hmm. there about our love for these crazy pictures that you're not supposed to love. Mm-hmm. And they go back into the 50s as well. It's As with Black Science, where I compared it to one of those Corman movies, mm-hmm. this is one of those big Bird Cage sort of crazy things with Pam Greer, whatever, black mama, white mama, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I think what Kelly Sue is going to create here is something fun, action-y. Uh, I describe it as a not guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. She will take just enough of the edge off of it so that you won't feel bad about having read it, except maybe just slightly, just mm. slightly, is going to be a crazy screwball book. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. <laughs> Mike, what do you think?
0: You know, the whole um, exploitation thing is is really big right now. Like try, Everybody's trying to bring that back. And I would love to see somebody do it well. Mm. And I think... Kelly Sue can do it well. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm really interested in this. Um, you know, it's interesting. It it would be interesting to me to see because so many of those old movies were the, the women were not treated well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So somebody who we know can treat female characters and treat women well, it, it would be really interesting to see how that goes. So, um, I think that sounds really interesting.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, next up was uh, Nick. I mean, for me, like you were saying, Mike, the, the, the exploitation stuff, I think, is it's, it's a really fun genre to explore. I, I I feel like, especially over, I think since, even though the movie is successful, since Grindhouse came out, it's right. been a popular um, crutch for filmmakers to go to mm-hmm. when they want to make something that is immediately campy or... Mm-hmm. This, this kind of new milieu of trying to make something cult before, before a cult can form around it. Right. Um, I think Kelly Sue is a, is a, is a very smart writer and, and one and, I know of her, has no interest in, in, in relying on crutches in, in that kind right. of way. So that gets me excited for it. It is one of those things where I feel like in the last 10 years has been very well worn. So I want to see how she uh, takes it to a, a different place um next up was nick spencer who is the writer of uh, of morning glories and bedlam um and he also writes like a bajillion marvel things as well um he's got three new projects to announce uh at at the image expo great beyond which is illustrated by change artist morgan jesky or Jesk. uh spencer says it's in the vein of infinite vacation and it's about a post-life environment where your status after death is dependent on your bank account during your life which i think is a very fun concept uh He's also doing paradigms with Butch Geis with the tagline belief is a weapon. He says it's slightly this was Spencer saying this it's slightly intimidating to be working with an artist as accomplished as Geis. It's a fantasy story that's something of a modern day spy thriller with a touch of Game of Thrones. Kind of mile of a minute exploration of these clans that are subject to the approval of their gods he says. Um, and his third project is Cerulean with artist Fraser Irving. It's a sci-fi story about the last survivors of Earth who upload their consciousnesses and take a long way to an un- to an inhabitable planet. Um, he said, this will be my fifth year writing comics and I'm a sucker for an anniversary. I really wanted this year to make a statement about where things are headed. Mm. So I think all three of those books sound really cool and really high concept. Um, I feel like sometimes Spencer is his own worst enemy when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, You know, I fell off Morning Glories, not because I felt like it was bad, but because I felt like I was getting lost in, in, in their story. And, you know, I, I, a lot of his superhero work, I've never really connected to well to it. I think Superior Force of Spider-Man is excellent. That, that, that's the kind of the one outlier for me uh, as far as that stuff goes. Where, you, But I feel like in that book, uh, it's not taking it so, so seriously. Uh, so, these ideas sound great to me. They also sound like possibilities of him getting lost within giant frameworks of stories that start to bend under their own weight. But, again, this is just my opinion, just going off of Morning Glory is really, and what these sound like. But, again, like all his books, these ideas sound wonderful to me. I just don't know if... I I, I wait to see on the execution of any of them. Mm
5: -hmm. Yeah. Again, one of these things, Morning Glories. Stephanie pulled away, middle 20s somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read the first couple of trades and Mm -hmm. felt the same sort of thing. It, It would have been nice to have ended season one or mm. to just say okay here's the self-contained world of this 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 and this i'll go and tell some other story it just layered more new characters into the old and mm. then who's who, wait a minute i don't i'm yeah. confused yeah the things that made the,
2: the book so good started to inhibit it you, you know the things that they did such a good job of uh, of crystallizing early on began to get muddied i feel like as, as the book went
5: along right, um if you compare that to lock and key right which is totally this,
2: different. Again, and the the thing that I think Spencer has the issue with Spencer, it's bigger and bigger and more and more and more. I, I, you know, look again, this is only his fifth year writing comics, so the restraint is something I think that comes along with your your, your sure. maturation as a writer. So the thing about the lock and key is that he was always restrained; it, it kept really those core characters and never went beyond it, and that's what let, let the mythology become complicated because as y- y- long as you. You can't everything can't be complicated because yeah, then nobody yeah. nobody can understand it. I don't know, Mike. Are you a Morning Glories reader? Are you a Spencer fan?
0: Um, I, I go back and forth on Spencer. Uh, I I have never read Morning Glories. Mostly from what I've heard about it, mm-hmm. it seems like it would be something that would really frustrate me.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, just the, the I don't like that whole holding the mysteries to your chest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was reading Ultimate X Men for a while. Okay, and uh, but again that. I felt like that one was really frustrating. It, it was, it never quite got where it should have gone, and so you know, I when I was looking over sort of all of these uh, news stories that were coming out, you know, writing down titles, I did write down Great Beyond just because of of the uh, of the the description of it. It sounds like something that would be interesting, and and I'm all for if you're going to fail, fail spectacularly, Yeah, you know, absolutely. It, it, shoot for the stars. And if you do, if you miss, then, you know, you, at least you tried. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think there's there's a lot of, of interesting ideas in there and, you know, we'll see if he can make it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, if Steve was here he'd be telling me we're, we're idiots for not thinking morning yes, glory yeah. because he's still, you know, he loves it. <laughs> um,
0: well, if somebody loves that, somebody loves that book because it's,
2: yeah, you know, and it's a, obviously a, still
0: going. Yeah, there's
2: a passionate group of people who, who really, really love that book. And again, I haven't read it in a while, so I'm not going to speak the quality now, only to why I ended up putting it down after, after sure. a certain amount of time. Um, yeah, I think, especially the, the the Great Beyond sounds to me like, it could be like a really biting satire. So right. I, I think that could be a, a lot of fun. And I agree with you totally, which, over all of this image stuff, it highlights the... I think what they do so right and what can hamper the big two which is that they have no interest in anybody in anybody failing spectacularly, you know. Right. The, the, uh, there are people who rise b- above the the middle line at those companies and we talk about them all the time, but I, I think a lo- I think especially the executives of those companies would be very happy if all their books were basically the Applebee's equivalent of com- uh, of comic books, which is that sure. you know exactly what you're getting. It probably won't be a 10 out of 10, but it will probably be a 6 or 7 out of 10, and right. you'll enjoy it, and you'll probably come back an- another time. Um, these books have no interest in being that, uh, which is what Spencer, I think, is all over, which I think why superhero work hardly ever works, because he's working in a weird constraint for him and that thing. Uh, next up is James Robinson. He's doing a book uh, called The Savior's. Um, oh sorry no he's, he mentioned the saviors informed the audience that it's going to be an ongoing book the second article will take place in Paris with a cast of new characters um, Robinson also has a new project an image uh, he describes it as semi-autobiographical um, the story with its artist Greg Hinkle about their attempt to create a revival of public domain golden age character Airboy uh, and the booze and drug fueled adventures along the way which included hallucinations and adventure with Airboy against cyborg Nazis He said, if you like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, adaptation, rousing Golden Age aviation comics, and Full Frontal Nudity, this is the comic you've been waiting for.
5: One assumes that Full Frontal Nudity is the Airboy character, the Valkyrie, and not (laughs) not Airboy. Yeah. Though he did have a low-cut shirt. Yeah. Or James Robinson, or 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 the comic book version of themselves. (laughs) Uh, You know, Barton Fink doing comics sounds like a great idea. It strikes me as, as much as it is Fear and Loathing. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, you, for me, my, my problem with the James Robinson thing is I've never read the stuff that people love that he's done. All I've read is like the newer stuff, which I haven't really liked.
5: Okay, so never read Golden Age. Never, no, never that? And I never read
2: Starman. I never read any of these books that people love by him. So I, I, I only go off of. I didn't like Earth Two. I didn't like that no. Five Weapons book that he put out. Um, I'm excited about All New Invaders, um, but you know, I, I just I don't get excited when I hear about it, I hear about him doing a book. But this description of the book. Sounds awesome, so I would like to check it out um I don't know about you Mike
0: you know honestly I'm in the same boat um i his is a name that doesn't jump right out at me um and I haven't read much of his stuff, but that that uh description definitely sounds intriguing yeah i you know i i I have a sort of guilty thing about meta books like mm. well, and even adaptation and that kind of thing that sort of that sort of, you know, meta film within a film sort of idea. I kind of love that stuff, and so, um, so yeah, it definitely sounds interesting. It, I, I don't know that I've seen anybody do it in, in comics, and I definitely don't know that I've seen anybody do it well. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see if it, if how that works out. But
2: yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, really quick, Nick Dragotta, who is the East of West artist, is bringing an educational kids comic called How Toons to Image. The team of writer Fred Van Lent, line artist Tom Fowler, and colorist Jody, Jordi Belair. Uh, he said, he, I couldn't be more proud of it. And that's really all we got on, on that. But uh, I hear uh, you know, an educational kids comic. I'm happy to hear that, that a book like that is coming. Yeah. Especially from those kind of people. Uh, Nightwing writer Kyle Higgins it w- was a surprise guest. Uh, and his project's called Cowl, which is the Chicago Organized Workers League. Um, and it's co-written by his collaborator Alex Siegel and based on concepts from a short film he did called The League when he was in film school because Kyle is one of those film school guys who wanted to be a comic book writer. It's the 1960 superhero labor union of Chicago um, led by a former hero named Gray Raven. When the first issue opens, we watch the organization take down the last of the great villains that threatens the city. The question becomes, what now? Higgins says he's fascinated by that era and history and the book will be illustrated by Rod, uh, Rod Rice and is scheduled for May 2014. Um, I've heard him talk about it before on the Kevin Smith podcast. He talked about the short film that that it's based on. Uh, You know, I think it sounds cool. It sounds dangerously close to a superhero deconstruction story, which I, I, again, we've talked about before. I'm a little bit sick of, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, once kind of the, the, the best is out there, it's, you feel like you're just trying to match that book over and over and over again. And I I don't, I don't get that as, as a writer. Higgins doesn't seem like that kind of writer to me. His Nightwing stuff isn't that, um, so I don't think that's what it will be. Um, but if it's more like a you know a, a kind of sixties um, you know political thing, political or thing, daily the exactly, or whatever. yeah, yeah exactly. That interests me. You know, if if it, if it has you know sort of like that um, Sidley lament, lament you know feeling about it in yeah. superhero form, that I'm on board for. I just I, I we I don't know yet what it's going to be. And Rod Rice is a great artists so we'll have to see what happens with that um the next one i'm really this is a line now about about three or four that i'm really really excited about uh the phonogram and young avengers team of kieran gillen and jamie mckelvey um announced a new series called the wicked and the divine and they said every, gillen said every 90 years gods reincarnate in human bodies um this uh, this has gone on forever these people speak in tongues they perform secretive miracles they are loved they are hated they are brilliant and in two years they are all dead Uh, The story takes place in 2014 and depicts the current generation of these gods. He said, we wanted something new and that felt really 2014. It's an ongoing series and the plan is for McKelvey to do the first arc, then return to Phonogram with other artists illustrating the second arc, then return to The Wicked and the Divine for (laughs) its third arc. Um, Gillen says it's effectively pop stars as gods. He said, I'm really excited for pushing boundaries of what we've done so far. We've pushed a lot of boundaries in Young Avengers and it feels like just the start. Um, Hmm. He said, "There are literally no limits to what we can do, and that's kind of what being a creator is all about." Um, that really excites me. I love their work. I love them working together. I think Gillen, like we said earlier in the show, with kind of the gloves off, is an amazing writer. And this sounds like exactly the kind of thing that that he's that he's great at. Mike, I don't know if you're a Gillen fan or you're a Young Avengers fan. Um,
0: but... um I was really enjoying Young Avengers, and it, but it ended up kind of being one of the titles that ended up on the chopping block for me. Um. But now that it's ending, I, I believe, um, I, I may have to go back and pick it up. But this this uh, announcement in particular grabbed grabbed me just off the image. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the cover image that they have up is just gorgeous, um, and it sounds like a really neat idea. So, and I, like I said, I think they they obviously work well together. So I think, um, yeah, I think that'll be really neat.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, but what do you think hearing that that, that idea?
5: I've never heard something quite like that before. There have been other Gods as Heroes books. There have been other, they're coming back, but Mm -hmm. mushing them into something different and new, I'm sure it'll be satirical. I'm sure it'll be (laughs) a lot about where we're at as a society and Mm -hmm. who we decide to put our faith in, Mm -hmm. love toward.
2: Yeah. should be interesting. Yeah. It's got almost uh, like a Neil Gaiman type feel to me that kind Uh, of idea yeah that's what i was thinking too is is very neil gaiman to me um next up uh batman incorporated artist chris burnham uh he's reuniting with grant morrison who they did batman incorporated together obviously for a uh, series called nameless uh burnham said the nameless is the ultimate horror comic um morrison has never done a straight up ball to the wall horror book that's what i told him i wanted and that's what we're doing i think it's going to be awesome and terrible and hopefully some 11 year old kids will steal it and it'll ruin their lives forever (laughs) which I think is an amazing description of a book. Um, and it appeals to that 11-year-old in me, you know, wanting to watch that thing or read that thing that scares the, the shit out of everybody else. And it like, you know, make me not be able to sleep for two weeks, you know? Th- th- so that really, really excites me. I love them as a team. Obviously I love Grant Morrison. We, we know this. And Burnham did a really awesome job on the on the last um, few arcs uh, of Batman Incorporated so uh, we have no idea what it's about just it's called Nameless and, and that's the deal I don't know Mike are you a, a Morrison fan?
0: I am a Morrison fan I think um, you know I didn't finish uh, Batman Inc. I, I love Burnham's art though he, he had this this really like chunky kind of almost cartoony art that mm-hmm. is just really cool and so I would love to see them do something more together I'm not a huge horror fan um, horror books to me are, are really hit and miss. And so, um, yeah, I'll just have to, I'll have to check it out, but you know, anything with Grant Morrison on it is obviously, is worth a, picking up the first issue.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, keeping the uh, announcements going, we actually, obviously, Stephanie mentioned before that, uh, she works with Bill Willingham and he announced a book, he announced a book, uh, called Restoration with, uh, artist Barry Kitson. Um, and he stressed that even though the ideas existed for a while, it's very early in the process. It starts with magic entities progressively removed and stored in facilities resulting in a world that resembles the real one. The book imagines a very bad day in which something terrible happens with a facility and they're all loose again. And magic and gods and creatures all come back to the world in one single day. Uh, sounds cool. And it sounds kind of right in his, uh, his, his, his wheelhouse there. Uh, the 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 last two announcements uh, are coming up. We're finally through this huge list of announcements. Uh, big one and one of the biggest one was second. Uh, Scott Snyder came out, a completely surprised guest uh, for the Image Expo. Um, he he's going to be exploring the world of witches in a series called Witches, but with a Y, um, with his Detective Comics collaborator Jock uh, on art. Um, and Snyder said, I think our goal is just to scare the living shit out of you with this book. I want this book to be the blackest, most twisted horror that I've ever done. I want it to be the book I feel terrible about at my kid's soccer game. I want the book to be like, you read it and say, they let this guy write Superman. Uh, Describing the premise, Snyder says, the series will reveal actual witches are much darker than mythology has led them to believe. Um, Mike, what do you think about this?
0: You know, Snyder and Jock, uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. Again, Mm -hmm not a huge horror fan, so <laughs> we'll have to see how it goes, but uh, I don't know. Anything Scott Snyder at this point <laughs> is just... How can you not read it? I mean, the, yeah. guy, is, the guy is amazing, and, and to have Jock on art is... He's got an embarrassment of riches over there.
2: Yeah. I mean, Bob, what do you think of these two horror books that are they're saying they're going to scare the shit out of you? What do you think about that? I think
5: there'll be a lot of brown stains and underwear on the comic store. <laughs> seriously speaking... I said before about Mr. Stevenson's comments mm-hmm. about Image being the company that will be all those genres mm-hmm. that the other companies don't want to handle anymore. Horror is, look on the bookshelves, look in the teen books, mm-hmm. forget the adult books. Horror is spectacularly big right now. The television shows teeming with it. Comics have been zombies Mm-hmm. You know, got a lot of Walking Dead mm-hmm. and knockoffs of one kind or another. Some better than others. Some even have Archie in them. Yeah. To have true nameless Lovecraftian cosmic horror in a book, it not been done very much. Yeah. So to let creators of this magnitude play in that sandbox mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's it's going to be interesting, and I think that the smartest thing too, the horror genre. We talked a lot about uh, getting more female readers into the genre. There, there is probably no genre that female readers love more, I think, than, than horror books. You know, that, that's what, what it's at least the people I've talked to. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the kind of stories that people really connect with. And for whatever reason that is, it just is that way. And I think it's very smart by them too. It's going to be a great creative move, but I think it's also a great commercial move for them to put out of books like that. And the last, the last announcement. This is one of those things that I think encapsulates. The entire Image kind of philosophy, at least currently, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips have a five-year deal with Image, where basically we can do they can do whatever they want, and they have to publish the book. So it's you know Brubaker and, uh, and Sean Phillips, whatever they do together, they have to publish it. Um, they're going to wrap up Fatal with issue number twenty-four, and they have next cl- uh, collaboration the Fade Out, which the writer says criminal fans should enjoy. It's mostly based on things that happened in Hollywood in the nineteen forties. Uh, Raker says Whose uncle was a screenwriter Raker's uncle was a screenwriter Screenwriter hmm. Apparently um, So I mean that's That's the last of the, the Announcements that came what, what do you think about that Cre- Complete artistic freedom For
5: a group a, a, a duo Their track record Says they should be Given a deal like yeah, that, that that's Based on what they've been Doing so yeah. far So why not Yeah You can't expect They'll get lazy All of a sudden And yeah. put out Shoddy work
2: Yeah Yeah,
5: that does happen. We look at baseball, and you sign a guy to a ten-year contract, and five (laughs) years in, oops. (laughs) I think it's a little different here. Yeah, we'll see where we head next. When their next book after that is elves and dwarves and unicorns shooting pool Mm -hmm. for twelve issues, well then you know (laughs) we'll go somewhere else. (laughs) Mike, are you are you a Brubaker uh, Phillips
2: fan?
0: Yeah, I mean, (sighs) Fatal is something that. I really need to to get in trade. It I, it was one of those that I, just like Bob was saying, I picked up the first one. It's like, this would be better when it's all together. Mm-hmm. But, um, it it's, it's an interesting deal to me because, you know, it's like a, it's like a J J JJ Abrams kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden Brewbaker's like JJ J. Abrams to mm-hmm. say that, Oh, well, whatever idea I come up with, you're going to put on TV. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that they've done in comics before. Um, with the i mean there the fact that image pretty much throws anything at the wall just to see what sticks anyway they were probably going to do that but for them to just have that that deal in place is is, is really interesting to me um yeah yeah and you know and, and what you were just talking about fade out sounds amazing so wow, that sounds sounds like something that will be great i love the crime stuff that they do i you know i think he's doing probably some of the best um, of Crime stories that anybody's doing out there, so
2: yeah it's cool too because you know he he said he he walked away from doing uh, you know for higher work um, and the, the world of, of you know creator on work is much murkier and, and much scarier because you don't have that that backup you know you don't have Marvel writing you a check every month you have to make yep. that money yourself, and this is a really cool way for someone who's been in the business for a long time who has a great track record to. Almost give himself the and give him and Sean Phillips the security of working for a big publisher, but basically you're working for yourself, and, right and, and
5: you know you have a place to publish your work always. So now I'm going to make a point we did some months, months, months back about the difficulty of the indies as opposed to the big properties that belong to Marvel and DC. Mm. It's those heroes that have gone on for decades and decades and decades, and people are buying the laundry in essence. Yeah. I think what Image is doing here with an exclusive contract like this and a, a roster of creative mm-hmm. talent from all, all the other companies doing non-exclusive work over here is the brand is these creators. Yeah. And it's, you want to see really creative stuff from people whose work you like? Here's where it is.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. That's why you see on their on the ads in their books, they say those what's next ads. It's never a, an image of a book, it's a creator. It's always a creator, it's yeah. It's always a creator. It's Chip Zdarsky or it's Rick Remender or it's Matt Fraction or it's whoever. They really do push, you know, the the, the creators of their books more than they push the properties that they're making it. And I think cuz that's cuz they know when it comes to books like this, almost on purpose, proper, pro- characters, properties like they, they come and go. Unless you're The Walking Dead or mm-hmm. one of those books like that. You know, those things come and go. Their popularity wanes. But if somebody loves a creator, and and way back when we had Joey Esposito on the show, he said, follow creators, not characters. If you love a creator, you'll follow him to whatever book he goes to. You know, S- Scott Snyder, whether he's writing Batman, Superman, you know, whether he's writing you know The Wake or he's he's off an image doing this book, people are following him because they trust the brand of Scott Snyder. Sure. Um, right. It happens with artists as well. And it's almost, you know, it's... It's almost like, you know, Hollywood pushing directors. You know what I mean? It, it's pushing the, it doesn't matter what character it is. It doesn't matter what company it is. You know this guy is great. And no matter where he goes, it'll be great. Yeah, it's a true theory. Exactly. 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 Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, auteur exactly auteur theory, yep. But in comics, exactly. So, it's incredibly smart of them because, and also, if characters win in popularity, and, it, it, but if, and a, or a creator wins in popularity, there's always another creator to bring over who, who's just as hot, who's doing just yeah. thing. And, and the thing is, if you keep your philosophies the same, if you, if you always tell them, you can do whatever you want. Like, what, you just do it. Like, what's the thing you always wanted to do? Here's a place you, where you can do it. Sure. A, a, cr- a creative person is always going to flock to that, you know, to that um, that opportunity. And Absolutely. Th- they, they've they proven, I mean, they've won the Publisher of the Year two times from us, both fan voting and, and our voting. Uh, there's a reason why that happens. It's because they... they their their breadth and and, and qu- quality of work is is unparalleled and, you know and, and there's something for everybody and like you said there's all these different genres it's it's amazing it's 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 amazing to see what they can do you know right now
5: now do you think this gives well vertigo is reenergized but still mm-hmm. not where they once yeah. were does this re-energize vertigo and does it say to marvel i know they're running the icon imprint but that's no, the it's basically Sunberg dead, thing. you know. Right, but to bring back epic to say, hey, some of these are our people. They could have done this book for us just yeah. as easily as for image. And yeah. we could have given them yeah. the same creative freedom Disney notwithstanding. Mm. You think it says to them should we I think ratchet it, up?
2: I think it might say it to DC with the Vertigo imprint because it has a bit much bigger name. I uh, I think to, I think I just don't think Marvel cares, you know. I think Marvel's fine with let you know, let these guys go off and do their thing at image and then co- come back over to us. As long as they keep turning in their scripts every month, mm-hmm. we're, we're fine with it. it. You know what I mean? I, I think Vertigo's thing is that I, I think Virgo's put out some very good books in the last year and we saw them start to rebound and, and, and use some of their really big talented creators to, to re that line. Um, And we've seen some other up-and-comers. We've seen, you know, Caitlin Kittredge with Coffin Hill, and a lot of people love FBP and and Hinterkind. But it seems like those books haven't really haven't grabbed on, you know. So I want I want to see them, you know, energized with, uh, you know, they need to have that book. They need to have that book that just explodes, you know, to to really whatever the
5: new Sandman. Right, would be, but right. the
2: thing about with Sandman and yeah, the new Sandman, right. not, even, not even they put the next issue of Sandman, because when it's Neil Gaiman or it's Scott Snyder no, or it's but Jeff Lemire,
5: the, a new series that has the impact, exactly, of exactly. Right. That's what
2: they need. They need that thing to not save them because I think they're they're fine. They're they're going to do fine, but if, to become the place again where um become the name that means big creators doing amazing, fresh stuff that they can't do anywhere else. It, 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 they don't mean that anymore. I, image is that now, you mm-hmm. know. Image, image is that place where people go when they want to do the the big book or the the, the book they sure. always they always want to do. So and,
5: and look, they're losing Fables and Ferris, which yeah. have been ten years, twelve years, yeah, running. Something's got to replace that in the coffers too.
2: It's true, and I, I think they have some they have some possibilities brewing there. And I, I again, we we I hope that they continue to be great and they, and they do this thing. And if, if they if they're just look, and I say just, I don't mean mean it in a pejorative way. If they're if they're the place where the big DC creators, if it's just them, can go and do their their passion mm. projects, look that'll be that'll be a great imprint. I mean, you look what's already going on with The Wake and with Trillium, and w- w- you know with these other books that will start. American Vampire is still going to keep going, but you know if, if and it's there. If if Johns wants to do something else, if Simone wants to do something else, you know it could be there. If it that imprint, I think it would be great. I would love it though if it could be the place where, you know. I don't think it because it's 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 just a, a section of a publisher, so I don't think it could ever do the breadth of what Image is doing now, but if it could be in that conversation uh, sure. again. Right. Um, so that's all the Image news, which is a lot of news. <laughs> do we have any other big Marvel news that, that happened, Bob? Uh,
5: do we, is it too early to talk about Original Sin? Yeah, we
2: got a little bit, some details on it. Um, It seemed, here's what, this is my first blush when I see that story. It reminds me of identity crisis. That's what it reminds me of. That's the first thing I think of when I see that only because it's a uh, murder mystery story. Uh, I like Jason Aaron. I think the things he's saying about the, the, the crossover event, whatever you want to call it, sound good to me. It sounds like it, it's, it, it sounds like it, it's not going to uh, exploit the, the tie-in nature of the thing. You said that the, they're going to be tie-ins, but they tell a completely different story and you don't have to worry about it being something you have to read to, to read Original mm-hmm. Sin. Um, I'm one of those people who likes Identity Crisis, so uh, th- that those associations don't... I don't get excited about it, but I don't get turned off by it. Um, it has me intrigued, but I, I don't... I'm still kind of burnt from the, the last round of them, right. so I, I don't get too excited about it.
5: I love the idea... I don't want to spoil mm-hmm. this. The images are around. That yeah. Somebody else can go look at it. Yeah. It's about... The secrets that are kept in the Marvel Universe yeah. and where they are and what they all mean and how they interact mm-hmm. with the other characters. There'll be some smaller characters, old Nick Fury coming back. Mm-hmm. I find very Which, that's interesting. Awesome. <laughs> the central theme of the thing I am not real thrilled with, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Right. We'll talk about that as yeah <laughs> more details come out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a big deal. Yeah for some of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, we can talk about it because it's 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 out there. It's okay. the thing. Um, the Watcher is dead. Yeah. Uh, that's the... He's just about to have a kid.
5: <laughs> You've been reading, so you know he's got his girlfriend's pregnant. <laughs> like they're about to have a little Watcher. Now, that could be the way out of this. They'll, mm. Maybe Watchers give birth to themselves. I yeah, don't know. maybe. <laughs> but to take out a character that dates back to the original Fantastic Four, number 13.
2: Mm. Yeah. Nobody's ever really dead, though, so... I, I wouldn't worry sure you. hope uh, not. Wouldn't worry he you. looks pretty dead on the cover. <laughs> I'm sure he's dead for this, but I'm saying... Yeah, I hope not. We'll, we'll see what happens with all of that. But, um, I mean, Mike, have you looked at any of this?
0: I've seen the images, and I've, I've read a little bit about it. I think the thing that, that put me off more than anything was that, you know, they were talking about the, the sort of list of characters who were going to be investigating, and it seemed strangely street-level to me. Like, the Punisher is one of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know and it, it so it was like you're gonna have a, a a cosmic character die and yet you're gonna have the punisher is gonna be one of the people so i don't know it's just there was something about it that seemed kind of off but um but it, it's really early yet so you know it, it's it's hard to say but mm-hmm. i mean i'm kind of on board for anything that jason aaron does at this point i'm such a huge wolverine and the x-men fan that mm-hmm. um you know anything he does I'll i'll read but yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's such an odd, it seems like such an odd idea, especially with Infinity and Inhumanity and all of that stuff that's, that was the the sort of last event. This seems like something completely separate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like that he had said that they're going to focus on characters not normally seen and kind of as main players in big mm-hmm. events. You know, mm. uh, Black Panther, Ant Man, Gamora, Moon Knight, Emma Frost. These are going to be folk characters that are focused on here, which I think that's a good idea. I think we talked about that at one point yeah. when we were talking about events about focusing on on smaller characters because I think it brings it out a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like the creative team. It, it just, I feel like they're shooting themselves a foot a little bit with this, especially with people who read constantly or constant readers. Because I mean, last year we had three basically three events and and now we're already on to this the next one to be fair it doesn't feel as much like one of those it is, it's not it doesn't feel like an infinity it you know yeah. it feels much more like a crossover than it feels like a a universe shattering change the universe change as we everything know it. yeah uh it, so that you know but again I, I can reserve judgment and i get a judgment until the end because I, i'm sure i'll really like the first issue because marvel seems to be brilliant at great first event issues yeah <laughs> And, and but keeping up to the end is,
5: is i think their issue well parents gonna kick off in some level we're gonna see some of the watcher in the last ff mm-hmm. which is next week
2: yes yeah. yeah yeah no it's this week it's yeah i think it's this week the ff meaning future foundation oh oh okay fantastic four, four yes, years today it's, yeah today
5: um
2: <laughs> bob's gonna be sad yes i am um Speaking of uh, reinventing and re upping, I don't know if you have this down or not, but they announced the plan for the Ultimate Universe, which is not very exciting because it's basically yeah. just <laughs> the Ultimate Universe again. I mean, I like some of the, the ideas behind it, I think it, some of it's cool. Like, uh, we have all new Ultimates, which uh, the creative team of Michael Michael Fife and Amalikar Pinna, I guess, uh, Spider Man, Black Widow, formerly Spider Woman, Kitty Pride, Bombshell, Cloak, and Dagger are the new ultimates, which that's a cool team. You know, I, I think that's that's a pretty neat team. Uh um we also have Ultimate FF by Joshua Helfiakov. Um and uh it's uh it's actually Sue Storm, Tony Stark, Machine Man, and Sam Wilson are the future yeah. foundation. Which again, cool team. Definitely a cool team. And they have Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider Man, um, Bendis and uh, David Marquez. Ben is, uh, continues, I think it's like 15 years now or something. He's not missed an Ultimate mm-hmm. Spider-Man uh, no. issue. Uh, look, they kept M- Miles, which is what everybody was clamoring for. They cut down the number of books substantially, and they, they're restarting them uh, at number ones. And again, I think some of them sound cool. I, I think especially the Future Foundation thing sounds pretty cool.
5: Well, they had gotten way off track over there. And, mm-hmm. In essence, that was supposed to be the universe you could jump onto. Yeah. Well, 15 years in, no, they were in the same boat that the regular Marvel Mm -hmm. Universe was, so destroying it seemed harsh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they seem to have definitely backed away, so Galactus takes out
2: how many heroes he does,
5: leaving us with this. Mm -hmm. Now, you can really start over fresh characters with some backstory that will be, I'm sure, parceled out as we go.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Different. Different is good. Different
2: is good. You know, I I think I I was hoping that Miles would become part of the regular universe, you know, um, but I mean, again, but this is with the introduction with the announcement of Peter coming back, it it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. Uh, I mean, what do you think about this, Mike?
0: I'm super excited for this. I, uh, you know, I've I've been one that's been saying for months that I really, really hope they don't get rid of Miles. And um, so, you know, first to see that, hey, we're not going to get rid of Miles was great. Um, that new Ultimates book looks awesome. I mean, it's it's characters that have been good in Ultimate Spider-Man for five or six issues now. You know, they've been hanging out together, Cloak and Dagger, Bombshell, Spider-Woman. They've all been working together for, for several issues. And, um, you know, they basically just kind of lifted all the good characters out of Spider-Man and, and put them in a book. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think that's, that's going to be awesome. I'm not sure about future foundation FF, uh, you know, I'll have to just see, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I'm, and I'm super excited that, that Bendis is going to keep writing miles. Cause mm-hmm. you know, I, I seriously believe that that's, he's one of the best characters that they've come up with in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I'm glad that he's going to get to keep going. That's one of those books that it felt like they kept interrupting it to have these events Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you know, they really just needed to leave it alone and let the story grow as it was going to grow. So I'm hoping that he, they can get to do a little bit more of that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I love the cover. to all new Ultimates because it, it, it definitely has that young Avengers type vibe to, the, to that cover. And uh, I, I'll, I hope they bring that kind of vibe and, and that quirkiness and looseness to, to that story. Um, yeah. Ultimate FF. The thing I'm, I mean, I like Joshua Helfi a lot. Uh, I'm excited, especially because I've grown to really love Machine Man since reading the uh, Red, Red She Hulk. And he's actually also in Next Wave. Uh, uh so i i 've grown to really love his character in in both iterations because they're very different in those two books, but as you can imagine, Warren Ellis is not writing quite the same as as Jeff Barker yeah. does but yeah so that's i'm really excited and I think that this 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 is doing what the ultimate universe has the ability to do and the freedom to do, which I felt like like Bob was saying all those years had kind of entrenched it in its own version of of its continuity. Here you get to just go. Okay, here's this all this this new Ultimates team, characters you wouldn't expect. Here they all are together. Here's a new FF team, characters you never would really expect to see together. You know, and we keep the the most popular character from the entire universe. Uh, it's to me wonderfully devoid of the word X Men or the word Avengers. You know, <laughs> right. in any way. I mean, I love those books, but this is nice that this can exist on its own and can do these things. And I'm sure eventually we'll get those books, but. Uh, I love that the Ultimates isn't just the Avengers in the ultimate universe. I mean, going around that, that Malar hitch stuff is fantastic from back when they first started it, but this isn't a really cool way to make it a different sort of deal than just a, the also ran of the, of the Marvel sure. universe. So I, I think it's cool. Initially I was disappointed by the announcement because I was expecting like, it's going to be huge. It's gonna be so different. And it's kind of the same, but the, I think the realignment is pretty, is pretty cool. Um, we also got this announcement, and this is more on the TV side, but they talked a little bit about Gotham, um, the, this, the series, uh, the, the TV show uh, that's going to air on Fox, which we uh, originally kind of thought it was going to be based on the origin of Jim Gordon. Now we know that's r- not really the case. It's actually going to be a Bruce Wayne origin yeah. story. We're going to see him from about the age of 13 to, they said the last episode is going to be, he's going to put on the cow. Basically, that's what it's going to be. And it's going to be... Smallville. Yeah, you know, that's what the people are saying. Um... You know, but this they've already said they're going to have villains and, and other members of the DC universe involved in the show. Didn't
5: they make the same mistake they did the last exactly. time. Exactly. You know, good.
2: Um, and that uh, you know, it's going to. The difference is, I think the main difference is they're really going to take a kid from being a kid into into making him into this hero. And uh, it, it seems like, and they've already said it's out. It's not the same continuity as the movies. We're doing our own thing. Um, we're, we don't want to be shackled by that. And they also made it clear we have the full. Rights and license to everything in the Batman universe. There's nothing we can't do. He's like we wouldn't have done the show if we if we had weird creative constraints uh, against us. Um, Bob, does the idea of this being about a young Bruce Wayne make you less excited about the show than if
5: it was the Gotham PD story? Yes. Does it make me less excited or mm-hmm. more excited? Mm-hmm. I'm cautious. Mm-hmm. I was. Fed a bill of goods about Smallville all those years ago, mm-hmm. and it, it did not live up to any expectations beyond there were some really good performances in it, Michael Rosenbaum mm-hmm. particularly. But I, I'd go off it, I'd watch three or four and go away because I just couldn't stand that they just annoyed me.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And oh, it's getting really good, you gotta watch it. <laughs> and I'd watch, and it was terrible. <laughs> so, this whole taking him from a very young age and the growth process. Been there, done Mm. that, seen that. I can't tell you how many times we're doing it right now in the books. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I I don't think you could have another real Batman television show. Mm. Telling somebody else's story within Gotham might have been more to my taste at this point than this, but I will try this once. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Mike?
0: You know, I haven't known what to feel or think about this since they originally announced it. I mean, that... The idea of it being the Gotham PD and and being kind of centered around Jim Gordon is interesting, but it's like okay, well, is it just Law and Order or is it just CSI? Mm-hmm. Um, now that now that it sounds more like Smallville, I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know, it's uh, I I personally also feel a little bit burned by Smallville, but. Um, I don't know. You know, it, it's such an odd idea. And obviously, you know, it would be really hard to sell a Gotham show without Batman mm. or without something Bat-related. But there was a little bit that seemed more interesting when it when it was Gordon or when it was just Gordon. But, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, you know, Arrow has been good... Enough, despite all of you know, all of the reasons why it shouldn't be good, it 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 kind of is. And so, if they can if they can do that again, then what the heck?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the small book comparisons are apt in, in the idea and execution. Again, it's a completely different group of people mm-hmm. making the show, so those pitfalls oh, sure. are 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 um relatable up to a point, and then they kind of fall apart because it's right. they're creating their own their own thing, different actors, different whatever, but. Uh, I think I agree more with Bob, where it's that it's a well-worn territory. I mean, they're not the the thirteen to you know twenty is not so well-worn. You know, we kind of get the he's a young kid, then he disappears for a little while, then he comes back as kind of a young adult. Um, That middle part we don't we don't really know much about, and so I find that to be something that I maybe would want to see on television. Um I would much rather have had the Gotham PD type of story and I would more had more like to have been if they needed a Batman figure in it to do more like the Gotham Central thing where it's just the police the the street level police stuff during the the you know the time where Batman is is a hero cuz they're going to start introducing villains in this story and it's going to there's going to be that fanboy and everyone is going to get that weird you know, seeing double thing where the, it doesn't make sense. The Joker is already the Joker now because he's not going to Joker until later. You're going to run into that stuff in this show absolutely because they're not going to be able to hold back from doing no. those villains.
5: It, Ratings dip a little bit. Yeah. Joker, yeah, and people want to
2: people want to see it. They, 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 the people are going to complain about it, but they want to see it.
5: Do I want to see a 13 year old kid fight the Joker? Yeah, no, it's kind of yeah, icky. it's Robin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Robin, hopefully, he's being guided by. Yeah, that. that's true. It's going to be Alfred, mm-hmm. I guess, or is it Barbara? I don't know yeah. what's going on. Who over knows? Here we now. don't. Yeah. We don't know what's going yeah. on
2: with that. Uh, I, I think that um, the only thing about it that makes me a little more interested is that I was I, I initially believed when they announced the Gordon thing that it was going to be a just a procedural, you know, just a case of the week type of show, and just happened to be in the Gotham you know, milieu, Mm -hmm. this makes me think it's going to be a little bit more serialized. It's going to have a little bit more of an overarching story and plot to it. Uh, it does have that, that, that problem where I already know what's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's going to make it, he's going to become Batman. He's going to be awesome. I get it. Um, and these middle intervening years, I don't see how they're going to, unless they go do something really, um, unique how it's going to be an engaging thing for really anyone because there's no there's no
5: hero that's origin story is known better than batman so yeah they're rocks on the beach you know batman's origin exactly batman. exactly so so is this the carry diaries but batman yeah kind of <laughs> i don't
2: know if that's a really bad unfortunate um comparison <laughs> for for gotham you know i i think that Arrow has been great; it has gotten great, and I think that that makes me more excited for something like this. But that—the good thing about that show—is they don't have the, um, the stipulations where it's you won't see him put on the cowl; he's not going to be this hero. You're not going to see this; you're not going to see that. That's just this is the story of the of Green Arrow. Like we're mm-hmm. telling it slightly differently, but we're not going to pretend like he's not a superhero. Well, not.
5: well the other thing is, though, no offense to Green Arrow, yeah. and it goes way back nobody knows green arrow oh i know no one has any idea of his backstory you could have told any story you want yeah and and gone to whatever place you wanted whatever works dramatically week to week and not offend anybody
2: yeah which is intrinsically wrong with making a batman show in general which is it's it's so well known that it's tough to mine any new ground i think it's much more interesting to do characters that aren't as well known um so, we'll have to see what happens i mean they are uh, they announced that's being that's picked up, and they also announced that the Constantine show is going to a series um There was some ridiculous deal where if if goyer in goyer's contract where if they sold that show to n b c if they didn't produce it, they had to give them like sixty million dollars or something like wow. that yeah uh, <laughs> so uh so they're putting Guess on, what they're putting yeah. it on the air <laughs> uh so that happened um. And that's really it for any more concrete news. There's some rumors at DC about uh, a book called Secret Origins. That's going to be kind of an anthology book, um, giving origins of the. I guess they 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 uh, confirmed uh, one issue of it, um, but it's gonna be origins of the DC New Fifty Two versions of the heroes. That's they, a title uh, from short. years ago. They yeah. did lots of that. Yeah.
5: So we'll see what happens yeah. to that. I mean, we have no know nothing about right. that. Um, and then there's their what were they calling this? Uh, futures End oh yeah that's that the that's the other weekly later story, yeah that's yeah. the weekly
2: um, mm-hmm. along with Batman Eternal that's going to be happening um, that has a cool writing staff behind it too uh, those weekly things again they're going to be uh, I have no idea how I'm going to react to any of those so we'll see it's got cool characters in it though it's got Booster in it and stuff like that so I'm I'm excited about that and Dan Jurgens is going to be doing the writing and drawing the spinoff uh, Aquaman spinoff Aquaman and mm-hmm. the others so that's pretty cool that a guy like that is getting that work yeah great great artist um, so uh any other news you want to talk about, Bob?
5: I don't think so. We don't have all the sales numbers yet. We don't. So we can't go there. So we don't. Don't Dan Buckley's comment about I think uh, we we, we, we we'll can say that. that
2: because gotcha. we we're going a little we're going along here. I do want to say that I watched Dread over the break. <gasps>
5: Love that. It was
2: awesome. <laughs> I would watch hundred movies yeah. in that series if we made them. That movie was awesome.
5: I saw one too I will recommend Byzantium. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Neil Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Crime Game. It's a vampire
1: movie.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, Cerise Ronan. Oh, yeah. And Gemma Arterton mm-hmm. are mother daughter vampires hmm. with a difference, and how they've lasted hundreds of years. What they have to do it is very much a family story. It's, you know, on the cover of the box they say all sorts of stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, the best vampire film since Let Me In and yeah. you, you Let the Right One In rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are elements only in that it's a family, mm-hmm. but it, it's really different. These are very conflicted characters. They do very bad things
1: mm.
5: for good reasons, sometimes, mm. not always, but uh, great performances, fun movie, lots of atmosphere, set now and back then, mm. mostly now, Underworld, London, and so on and so forth. Real neat movie.
2: Cool. Awesome. All right, let's get to what's on the shelves right now. Um, from Avatar Press, we've got God is Dead, number five, Uh Gravel 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 Combat Magician number 0, Rover Red Charlie number 2 and Stitched number 18. From Boom Studios, we have 3 Guns number 6. Uh we have Adventure Time number 24. We've got um Clive Barker's Hellraiser the Dark Watch number 12 and Clive Barker's Next Testament number 7. Uh Curse number 1. Uh we've got Daymen number 2. Uh we've got Imagine Agents number 4 and Regular Show number 8 um from dark horse comics we have bprd hell on earth number 115 clown fatale number three of four we've got kiss me satan number five of five (laughs) shoot first number four skyman number one of four um we've got star wars darth vader and the cry of shadows number two and star wars dawn of the jedi force war number three strain the fall number seven x number nine from dc comics we've got astro city number eight batgirl number 27 batman little gotham number 10 Co- coffin hill number four constantine number 10 we've got dc universe versus the masters of the universe number four he man yep oh. forever evil rogues rebellion number four of six we've got green lanterns Corps number 27 injustice year two number one justice league 3000 number two justice league of america number 11 nightwing number 27 We've got Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, number 41, Suicide Squad, number 27, Superboy, number 27, and Superman, Wonder Woman, number four, and World's Finest,
5: number 19. One, one more for me. <laughs> I should go into a crossover next.
2: Oh, right. Batman and Superman, right? Yeah, yeah. So we'll see um, Diamond Entertainment We've got Grim number 9 We've got Jennifer Blood Number 35 Little Battlestar Galactica Number 1
5: <laughs> Cover on that's amazing
2: <laughs> Miss Fury number 8 uh, That looks
5: miserable by the way <laughs> I did look at it already
2: We've got Noir number 3 Shadow Now number 4 Warlords of Mars number 32 uh, From IDW we've got Ben 10 number 3 Black Dynamite number 1 uh, G.I. Joe Real American Hero Number 198 G.I. Joe Special Missions number 11 Gateway number 1 Illegitimates, number two, Indestructible, number two, Magic the Gathering, Theros, number three, Max Maximized, number three, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, number three, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, number 15, Popeye Classic, number 18, Powerpuff Girls, number five, um, we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, New Animated Adventures, number seven, we've got Transformers. Oh, wait a minute, I'm off. Um, Where the meets the eye? That is correct. Oh! Number I'm 25. Yeah. The winning streak. <laughs> triple helix number four of four that's the last one um wraith welcome to christmas land number three of seven x-files conspiracy number one um her image we have alex and ada number three Yay of 15 <laughs> um oh, really yeah Carvin gray volume three number two egos number one ghosted number six peter panzer faust number 16 prophet number 42 protectors inc number three rat queens number four Um, we've got Velvet number three and Voice in the Dark number three. Did I tell you I picked up the first Velvet?
5: No. And absolutely loved it. Oh, you
2: really? Yeah. It's great, right? Yeah. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Now I'm way behind. I'll have to wait for the trade. I think there's only two. Right. But there's only going to be... Six. That's probably true. Yeah. Some wrestlers yeah. just wait. Yeah. But it was really just everything you said. It was. Yeah.
2: Um. You can feel like the atmosphere dripping yeah. off that book. Uh. From Marvel, we have all new X Men number twenty one, Amazing X Men number three, we've got Cataclysm the Ultimate number three of three, Daredevil number thirty five, Deadpool the Gauntlet number one, we've got Disney Kingdom Seekers of the Weird number one of five, Fantastic Four number sixteen. Woo! Um, Inhumanity Spider-Man number one We've got Marvel Knights Hulk number two of four We've got Miracle Man number one Which I'm actually very excited to, to read that that Reprint it's
5: by the original writer So so right Do you guys know Should we wait to you're gonna buy this and talk about Yeah we'll it talk about it next okay. week we'll okay. go on to it next week uh-huh. um,
2: Night of the Living Deadpool number one of four That's the
5: greatest title I know, it's of a the great year.
2: title. Nova number two Revolutionary War Dark Angel number one Secret yeah. Avengers number fourteen um, we've got, uh, sorry, we've got Superior Spider-Man number twenty-five. Uh, we've got Thunderbolts number twenty point now. Um, <laughs> That's we've so got so funny. Uncanny Avengers number fourteen. Uncanny X Force number sixteen. Uncanny X Men number sixteen. Wolverine Max number fifteen at X Men Legacy number twenty two. That's um, the last one? Yeah. Um No? No, last. Next... No, it's not the last one. I think the next one's the last one. Okay. Um, um
0: I, I actually think it goes to twenty four. Oh, and then okay. they're talking about going to the original numbering, so they're gonna have a three hundred.
2: Uh, okay, oh okay. So nice to finish it off. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um and then uh Let's see here. What else we got here? e oh, Press. We've got Six Gun Number Thirty Seven from Valiant. We've got Archer and Armstrong Number Seventeen, Harbinger Number Twenty, and Unity Number Three. And from Zenoscope, we've got No Tomorrow Number Five and The Dark Queen Number One. And those both have Grim Fairy Tales in front of them. But yeah. that this yeah. should be just should be it's... intonated by this point because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they <laughs> all have it in front of them. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, it is uh, podcast at talkingcombooks dot com. dot com. .com is, of course, a website. I can't speak anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, our Twitter is at Talking Comics. And guys, uh, check out, when you go to the website, click on that forums link and join the forums uh, and, and come and talk with us. It's been great. You guys have been awesome so far. Uh, we've got a great community. You guys have made it just a, a welcoming, super place to be. So if you guys want to be part of that, please come and join up and, and, and interact. Even Bob's on the forums. Don't tell <laughs> um, my uh, my personal Twitter is at Bobby Shortle Mike.
0: Uh, I am at Creation Myth Stew.
2: I love that stew, like uh, like the like the soup.
0: It's actually supposed to be Creation Myth Studios, but they don't let you have that many.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs>
0: that many letters, so <laughs> it ended up at Stew. So,
2: so it's S T U. Yes. Okay. Huh. Okay. Um, and Bob' email address: Bob Reier at talkingcomicbooks.com <laughs> All right, guys, um, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next week. We haven't figured that out yet, but I'm sure it will be uh, really long.
5: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make this longer. I have one note before I go. All right, go ahead, Bob. We had a guest on earlier, uh, well, actually, middle of last year, Marty Langford, who's doing oh, yes. a documentary about the Roger Corman unreleased Fantastic Four movie from 94, directed by Ollie Sasson, And the trailer is all over the internet now. It's blown it up everywhere. It's called Doomed. And maybe out late spring in, for theaters and nice. DVD and everything else. And the trailer looks amazing. <laughs> so check that. I saw it on Geek Timer. I saw it was listed on Burn Robotics and went it's over fair, there. Right? It's on YouTube and yeah. CBR has it.
2: Yeah, it's like every every like movie website I, I go to. It, it was on there. Yeah. So yeah, good for good for Marty. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to him again once we're closer yep. to the release and get the update on that story and how he finally he got that movie finished and ready to come out. All right, awesome. So that's going to do it for uh, Talking Comics uh, for this week. For Bob. Good night, everybody. And Mike. Thank you so much. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.